I have here Bankas. Hello, everyone. And I got, of course, Colin Ryder Furry, which is me. Yes, it is you. Um, <laughs> we were gonna have a different. We were gonna have a. We were gonna have a different type of show this week. We, well, I said we were, but things happened, unfortunately. But and the original idea was that we were gonna get Zaichi to to have an interview, so let's sit down and talk about his game that he, of his fan game that he made. Um, unfortunately, things just didn't pan through. Oh, I'm gonna definitely try to get him for the next episode, and like when it when it does, I'll I'll inform everybody so that you guys can post questions to him and everything. But for now, we decided okay, since like I want to keep us into the realm of video games, and also this is a good way to like end cap a lot of discussion of the video game stuff. I figured we'd go back one one last time into the video game like discussion. I know we did three parts of it. We did one part when we were when I was doing the show solo. And then we did another part with our former co-hosts as well, and they and they and they had and they said their their things. And now we have a third host here, and we have to talk about their experiences. And then afterwards, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the team up games. Because like, believe it or not, Saint Seiya was not just in his own games. Also, he's also in part of like not 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 many games, but it's an interesting discussion to to have about these these remaining games that are that are left. That's why I would like to call it the team up games. So there's a few games here that, that we can discuss here, and and it's, there's some interesting there's some interesting factoids about these games as well going into. So it's gonna be an interesting discussion, you know, and you know hopefully hopefully y'all will enjoy that. And also, like we said, we, um, also if you if you saw the if you saw that poster I put up on the on our Discord, uh, not our Discord, on our Twitter, we are gonna look at the final episodes of the season two of Saint Seiya, uh, Saint Seiya Knights of the Zodiac, the CGI show. Um, like I said, like I think that's gonna be the the bulk of our episode right there, just, just discussing those episodes. But you know, hey, we're gonna have, we're gonna discuss discussing these games, and you know, we're gonna like, what we're gonna what we up to for the next couple of episodes afterwards. So um, why don't we not waste any time? Let's um, let's go. Let's talk, have a little bit of discussion as to let's go, let's go back to the view game well here for a little bit. Because since you're the new person here in town, um, have you had any experiences with any of the Saint Seiya games like? Prior to like prior to this, to what we're gonna talk about? Like, have you played any of the Famicom games, the PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three, Four, uh, PC, or any of the mobile games? Yes, I actually do have quite a bit of experience with the games, but the ones that I have actually have on my position that I have played the most, and those are the ones that I actually have the most experience with, are the PlayStation Three games. And well, in the latest one that was both PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four, the latest, well, the last console game that got released uh soldier's soul or yes soul? yeah the, yeah that's the one that i uh, i have i particularly have a very a strong affinity for that game because that's actually the last time that the voice actor for the mexican dove uh, the original voice actor for seya actually got to play the character jesus barrero the, yeah I, and, I, I, I've that, mentioned that one in the last episode when we discussed that yeah, and the game also has a Spanish dub, which was like, like it blew our minds because they got most of the original cast back, and it's wonderful. Like, it's a wonderful experience to play through, like hearing those the, the, the classic voices in, in Spanish with, with that, which was quite quite a move for for a company for a Japanese company to do that and to go out of their way to try and do that, considering especially that Bandai and that. Um, it's not that uh, charitable in in that regard when it comes to taking Latin American dubbings and other stuff into their games. Yeah. So, that, that, like those are the games that I have the most experience with. The the particular particularly the first one, uh, Battle for Sanctuary. That's the one probably that I enjoyed the most. I played the hell out of that game. I actually bought all the DLC for that game. Oh wow. Yeah, and I have played the mobile games. I, I played the. Um, 
I played the well. I have played the Awakening, and I played the what's the other one that got uh, recently closed down, like fairly recently, Cosmo um, Fantasy. Yeah, Cosmo Fantasy. You mean it. the one that we found out is not actually closed down because mine still updates for some reason? <laughs> oh God, and that'd be consistent. No, no, no one, no one kept, no, no one, no, no one, no one told the, no one told the, the lone guy who's working in the server to like unplug. <laughs> I, well, I I straight up jump scared Ramsey's the last time when we talked about this because I was like, look, I sent a, I sent him a screenshot. I was like, look, my game's still there. <laughs> like, I I don't believe you. And I looked and then I looked and then I looked at my phone. And I'm like, All right. <laughs> I mean, so long as they keep paying that guy's uh, wage, I don't I don't particularly mind. <laughs> yeah, but keep going. Anyway, I have played those, but I have to be honest, I don't like mobile games. I I, I really don't, especially gacha games. I, I fucking hate gacha games. <laughs> so I, I just couldn't uh, make myself play them, even if they were sincere games. But I have uh, I have experienced them in one way or another. And even though I haven't played any of them, I do know of the PlayStation 2 games and the SNES game. It was called Sinseiya Ogun Densetsu. Yeah, Ogun Densetsu. That was for the Famicom, the original NES. Yeah, I do. I do have. Uh, I do have knowledge on them, but I have don't. I have not. I have not played those games specifically. Um, I'll tell you this much right now. Um, like I, I'm gonna repeat everything I said back in the episode. I believe when I when I said this, you can tell it's a game of its time. You can totally tell it was a game. Like those, the first two family companies were a game of their time because they came out around like the time that Dragon Quest had come out, and they and every company at at that time was trying to capitalize on Dragon Quest. And also, they're trying to capitalize on like so many other games as well. I think so. so in essence, this the first Sanctuary game was trying to capitalize on the on Xanadu. I don't know if you're familiar with with that game by Falcon, which I think we I think if you if if you're to play the, the any the any version that came here in the United States, it'd be the you'd be looking for the one called Fast Xanadu, which came out for an which actually came out here in the United States, which is like a spin off of that game, which is a more of a it's more a game that's like more in line with like Zelda 2. Mm. And then you can tell it's because like because they can what they did with the with uh, with Ogon Detestu, the first one was it was it was it had RPG mechanics, but they also wanted to do side scrolling stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just became a mess because it felt also too it's like we need to not only make a game that's like that capitalizes on these RPG elements that are popular right now, but also we need to make money so we can, so we can sell the, so we can sell the, the, the guidebooks. So there's a lot of really cryptic, cryptic stuff to that game. Yeah, I can tell. I've seen gameplays of it and it just looks like the classic Famicom NES game. That is just like, most of it is bull BS just for the sake of trying to make it as difficult and as long as possible. I mean, that's how they did games back in the day, so I cannot blame them for it. Yeah, the old- best, best example is was Castlevania 2. A, a lot of people are like, oh my god, it's been mistranslated. No, like, like contrary to, uh, to, uh, to popular belief, it was not mistranslated. It was intentionally done to fool with the player as a way to, like, say, hey, if you... It, it's a, it's, it was supposed to be that old-school way of, like, people were supposed to come together and, you know, and, like, you know, share their tips with, with, with the other kids on the schoolyard, but... In reality, it was just like, hey, if you, if you got stuck, you buy the book, you buy the guidebook, and that's where they got a lot of the profits out of those things. Well, I mean, so, wasn't Mario Two like famously way too hard, and so the version that we got is not even the same game? Yes, yeah. that, yeah, that's actually then, an entirely really different did, game. Especially in Japan, they really wanted those games to be hard. Yeah, because, but the thing was, there was no like saving system for most of them, and it, there was no. There was not a ton of replay value for the story, so you had to yeah. make it challenging gameplay-wise. 
and the thing was with those, and the thing was with with Mario too. That's a very different kind of challenge where it's like it's trial and error. Where it's yeah. like you can you can brute force your way into you can, you can if you knew what you were doing you can brute force your way into Mario two, like Mario two Japan like lost lost world or lost levels. You can brute force your way into it. I've actually brute forced my way into that game somehow. Don't ask me how. I just did it one 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 afternoon. I, I just turned on my Switch. I'm like I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play what's on the Nintendo. I brute forced my way into it. <laughs> it involved a hammer. Yeah, and... literally. It involved a lot of swearing. But... It, involved, it involved a hammer, a lot of swearing, and a, a, a couple hundred dollars in repairs, but we made it work. Yeah, but with Saint Seiya Ogon Densetsu, what it is, it's like, okay, they'll tell you, they'll, they'll, they'll say something like, okay, you need to go here. But it's like, how do you get to here? You need to go to this location. How? Where is this location you want me to go to? That's that's kind of difficulty. That, that's the kind of difficulty where it's like, okay, they want you to like, they want people to either get together and like get and get other place like figure figure it out with like between between each other or buy the guidebook. And then the second game, I feel like like what ended up happening with the second game is like they were like, okay, what's popular now? Portopia. Okay, Portopia is a Portopia is a is a point and click game. Let's put the point and click elements and then put the side scrolling elements and see what happens. And like, oh no, I just I feel like they really. Miss the okay, so everybody get your drinks ready because I'm about to mention the the other anime again. But I feel like they they missed the opportunity to do something really cool like Sailor Moon did. Yeah, which was Sailor Moon another story mm-hmm. where you got to fight against all the old villains, but it was like a new, it was like a a non canonical like new story with yeah. new villains and stuff. But they brought back everything and they made like a fun RPG. I mm-hmm. think that would have that kind of game would have fit Saint Seiya so much to be able to like. Go through the the you know silver saints and then go through the the gold, gold houses, but that not really be the storyline. They're just kind of characters in the game that you encounter. And then with the but they did they did, they did sort of do that with the Game Boy game. They did they did have a Game Boy game based on the the Saint Paradise cards. I think so. Yeah, it, it did have quite a few other um, uh, media attached to it. I just I have never been able to find like uh, gameplay of it. It's a good game. It's a good game. Because I remember that was like one of the earliest games I remember getting on the like the, the, the old days when it's like when 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 you can easily get ROMs and stuff like that. I remember I remember playing that game. It was actually pretty good. And like if that if you're looking for a type of type of game like RP like the traditional RPG, that would be the one you'd be looking for. But as I said before in the last episode when we discussed it, I think the biggest the, the biggest downfall of Saint Seiya is that it missed out on like the that really that key period where the anime games were like really good and like the the um the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, the the Genesis Mega Drive slash you know 3DO, the PC Engine slash TurboGrafx 16 era, and also like the PlayStation One Saturn Saturn days, they just missed out on like, and that was where, like the prime years for like all the good like all the all the really good um 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 anime video games. But you know, like I said, like you know, we we eventually got to get on the PlayStation Two and PlayStation Two games. Um, if you were, if you're wondering, because have you played any of the Dragon Ball Budokai games? I think I played, I think I was two back in the day. Like, it was a long time ago. Well, okay, if you played if you played those games, it's a reskin of those games. Which is uh... actually, but here's the thing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually not a bad thing. Because they play, they're a solid game for, a, like, an anime game, for an anime fighter. That's a solid base to put your game into. So it's not like, I'm not, as I'm saying it, I'm not saying it's like, oh my god, they just, they just copy pieces. No, they just took that engine and just put Saint Seiya characters in it. And it's like, you know what? It works. It, it it's act, they're actually really good. Like I like if you can find them, 
like, you know, I'm not going to encourage, you know, I'm not going to encourage, you know, sending the high seas, if, if you know what I mean. But if you eventually find it, you know, when you're yo-yo hoeing, um, you know, it's actually worth your time. That's all I'm going to say. It's like, so they're worth your time if you can find it, if you can find it. But like I said, like, I won't say how to find it, but, you know, there's, there, you know, you might know, you might know a few peg leg people in the, with eye patches that can help you out with that. <laughs> well, I would attempt to find it, but, um... My, I, I learned recently that my laptop can't even play PlayStation One games because I got the oh, remaster of Chrono Cross and it crashes my laptop. So, ooh. Well, no, because that, that's just that's a completely different game. That's a, they, 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 they. That's a that's a different. That's a completely different issue altogether. Like they actually kind of with that game, they actually kind of like what they did is like they actually kind of rebuilt the game from the ground up. So it's not it's not that you can't play a PlayStation One game. It's just whatever whatever fancy new things they added into the game. Like it just can't, it just can't do it anymore. Yeah, well, it, it made me really sad because that that was my most anticipated game in 2022, and I don't blame you. And, and, and you know what the worst part is? It's actually a really, 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 really good, really like one of the best, um, one of one of the best re- one of the best remakes of uh, of an RPG right now to, to get. That's I the think, worst part. That's, I'm like, oh my well, god! Don't, I think don't. that for Christmas, I'm gonna ask for like a Nintendo card, like gift card. And just buy it on the the Nintendo Wii Shop. The eShop, yeah, you're yeah. better off. You're because better off. And to be I, honest with you, I know that if it doesn't run on my Wii, then I can get a refund. <laughs> but you're, with, you're... with Steam, they they have the policy that like if you didn't check the specs of your computer before you bought it, then oh well, basically, like you need to... <laughs> no, you can return it. You, you return. You have a ten day. You have a ten day. Um, you have you have a ten day or three hour. You have a three. You have a ten day or three hour. Um, gameplay. Um, return policy. Oh, huh. I didn't think of that, that they would take my return policy because I was. No, reading, they, they, they believe that. it or not, believe it or not, I bought some games. But back in the days, back in the Yale days when I was when I used to drink a lot, I bought some games, and the next day I was like, "What the fuck did I buy?" Hey, Steam I, sales, drunk or not, are very intoxicating. Exactly. I I, I remember buying some of these games. And I'm like, I am never gonna play this game ever in my ever in my life, and I just had, and I just asked for a refund. And I just and it gave it to me like a couple hours later. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, the only time that I've been able to get a refund was I had for I bought Uno and for whatever reason it wouldn't load and it had. Oh to yeah, don't don't that, don't worry about it. That, that's that, that's just that's a very common thing with that game. That, that yeah. game is broken. <laughs> but I that, had like, to like, show them that it it would just like stall on the opening screen and they gave me. Well, it, how long ago was this? Like if this was because like super recently they've been very they've been more lenient on 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 returns. So like you could actually get a return like if you if you ask for. It. So trust me, you. You're, well, you're, I mean, I've had it since like July, so I doubt. That... Oh lord. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Give me a refund on it now. Like I've had it since okay. the release date. So okay, what's what's real? This what's real? What what like you know? We have gone so far off topic here. What is actually like? You know what? I think you know what? I think I'm gonna put down. I think what I'm gonna put down for an episode one of these days. I think what I think between I think between the between the three of us and our other my other hosts on the on the on the Saturday morning squad. I think I'm gonna I think we're gonna do an RPG episode and just gonna be it's gonna be the four of us just, just going off on RPGs. If anybody no, that... says anything bad about Lunar, I will literally leave. I don't think you've played it, but I have, uh, but I have nothing but love for Lunar as team. So, like I said, I'll put that. I'll, I'll, I'll pitch that. I'll pitch that idea to uh, to my co-host later because, like, we're we're actually scrambling for for uh, for for our ideas later. But uh, in, in this household, we we don't acknowledge the uh, PSP remake either. So I'm just okay. You know what? Let's let, we gotta go back to Saint Seiya here and talk about Saint Seiya <laughs> team up games. <laughs> We we can discuss this off off uh, off stream and like I said I really like 
Because I don't know what I'm talking about, man. Now that, now that you guys are, now that we went into that topic, fuck me, I want to talk about something. I want to buy an RPG. I want to go on an eShop right now and buy like a, a, you know what? What am I even saying? I have here the first two, the first three Dragon Quests on my Switch. I should just play those for right now. <laughs> that, that'd be a good way to spend the time. Yeah. I, I, I'm 110 hours into Scene of Late Chronicles 3 and I still haven't uh. finished Chapter 5. <laughs> I need to get uh, Atelier um, Ryza 2 before the third one comes out. Mm. All right. Okay. You know. You yeah. know. This is actually. This is actually. A, this is actually a good place to, to begin because we're, we're actually gonna talk. I don't okay, care. I, I wouldn't call this an RPG, but it is. It has RPG again. It's a hard game to. It's a hard game to really pinpoint what what they're trying to do with this game. So the very first game that Saints Day appeared that's outside of this franchise was a game called Famicom Jump Hero Ritsuden. And the roster in this game is really cool. It has like not, in addition to Saints, it uh, is to say uh, you also have. Um, you have Goku, you have Kiviku Man, you have Kenshiro, Ryo Saneba from City Hunter, um, Ari LA from um, Dr. Stump, um, Joseph Joestar from Jojo Part 1, uh, Subasa Ozaki from um, Captain Subasa. just all these other characters who are very popular at the time, so it's like really, really, really cool. And the way, that's why I can describe this game, is like it has RPG elements, but like it, it also, what's up? Like it's one of those games that's not as strictly an RPG, but many of the elements, like the RNG and the stats and some some of the gameplay, it's very akin to those, right? Well, more along the lines of like it has it has side scroll, it has like top down a top down like parts where you like going around and punching enemies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how does that work with with Subasa? Does he just kick a ball at people? I don't know. And also, is he kicking? Is he kicking? <laughs> is he okay? So if you guys don't know, the Captain Subasa is like a soccer anime, like. Again, if there's if there's ever like a if there's ever like a clear like number two or number three anime in Mexico that people love, it's it's Captain Tsubasa, aka Los Super Campeones. <laughs> yeah. And like, and so it's like, and you, considering like all these other characters I mentioned, like you know Kimiku Man and Kenshi, like, is he just going around like kicking a ball at Shin, to Shin's face from Fist of the North Star, and just seeing like what happens? Like that boy's they dead. Just, <laughs> some of these seem oddly matched, like because Kin from Fist of the North Star literally explodes people's heads. Yeah, and then you have a soccer player. So yeah, they it's a little weird. Okay. Well, and also too, it's also too is like Kiniko Man. If Kiniko Man has a has his muscle buster, and also he um say it has the rolling crush, so they can do like a like the the muscle docking with that. Yeah, I don't. This, I, 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 I I I don't like. I I secretly like Kiniko Man. I'm sorry to say that. I Fuck. actually I don't know. Oh, I didn't post them yet. That's why you don't know. Oh. Um, oh, I saw so, those. I saw the ones. I saw. I saw your post on. I saw oh, your post. I on, did post them. That's right on Twitter. Yeah, you um, posted. You posted those statues of like uh, Buffalo Man and Kiniko Man Soldier and uh, what was it, the Ninja? Yes, I believe so. They, yes, uh, they I got it right. Getting, they kept getting delayed over and over and over again. Like they were supposed to come out in I think June or July, and they just mm-hmm. kept getting delayed. And then out of nowhere, uh, Amiyami is just like, "Hey, we need you know X amount of dollars from you." And I was like, "Thank God." Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it, it's a celebration. It's a celebration of the 20th anniversary of Shodan Jump. And like I said, it has all these characters, and it, ha- it also comp- comp- encapsulates all every other series in terms of like references and also enemies, enemy types that that you encounter in the game. It's not a game. I I don't think you. I don't think any of you guys have played by any chance or even know about. No. <laughs> I've never I, I don't. I haven't played it, but I have seen. I, I don't think I've heard about that one. That must be like the very first one. But I have seen quite a few of the Jump Superstar uh, Game Boy Game Boy Advance era games where they put together many of the uh, Shonen Jump like main heroes or the most popular heroes mm-hmm. from from the entire Jump selection. 
like, I think that the audience, the, the one that they would recognize in, in terms of that, what's the name of the latest one that came out recently that nobody liked? Of course. Jump yeah, Force. Jump Force. It's kind of like the the predecessor to Jump Force, uh, but done well. <laughs> and and the, that's basically the basic idea, right? Like getting together the, the many popular characters, or, or mainly the protagonists of of most of the most popular uh, franchises from the Shonen Jump, and putting time, them yeah. into uh, and putting them into the game. Seiya unfortunately has always had like the issue of I think Seiya is the only playable character that appeared in those classic games and only in in Jump Force Seiya and Shiryu appear. Like we've never gotten like more than three characters from Seiya as well, far we, as I know, or have we? Um, when we get to Jump, when we get to Jump Ultimate Stars, which is actually the next game in our list, because like we we jump from 1989 to 2006 was that one. So, but yeah, like okay, so Seiya is the only playable character. But you have to have all the access to the other, to the rest of the other saints as like assistant. Oh, oh, so they appear, but they're not playable per se. Yeah, they're not playable, but they are. But I'll, I'll, I'll get to. But we actually we're, we're talking about Jump Ultimate Stars. We might as well get to it. It's for the it, Jump Ultimate Stars. It's a sequel to Jump Superstars that came out, I believe, two years earlier for the DS. Uh, not for the DS. Yeah, well, for the original DS. Yeah, what am I saying? I thought I, thought I was going to say the Wii, but no. Yes, this came out for the original DS, not the not the 3DS. And this is this is more it's this is a fighting game more more in the style of of of, um, of, of Smash Brothers. So if you want a Smash Brothers like game with Shonen Jump characters, this game is really worth it. And the roster in these games are is just inc- it, it it is stacked. Again, Saint Seiya, is, the bunch of Saint Seiya characters are, are, are you have Seiya as playable, and then you have all the other characters as like uh, as as assistants, yeah. So you have so you have Seiya as a playable character. You have the main, you have the rest of the other saints, the rest of the main um, bronze saints as like assistants, and then you got what's called a, you got what two helpers. You have a Mu and um, Mu and um, Athena to help. Like there's that little panels you can put in to like give you to give you boost. But in the in, in the actual game, if you're looking for like for actual characters, like the actual characters you're gonna be able to use, like to use is, is just Seiya. And you can use the rest of the Bronze Saints as like assistants, and each of them have like their own varying abilities with like depending on like what 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 panel you use. Because how it is how the game is structured is on the top part of the screen is the actual gameplay, uh-huh. and the bottom part of the screen is a panel, and you can put the panels in any position you want as long as they fit, and you can use those panels to like to either like switch characters or summon other characters with it. And like I said, and some of these so like so. Well, some of these, so some of the, so some of the stuff you can do is like, for example, you can summon Iki and he does his things Genkaden, Genkiden, and what he does is when he comes out, he essentially freezes everybody on this. He freezes everybody within his vicinity to the attack. <laughs> That's neat. So, but in competition, believe it or not, you can actually use Seiya as an assistant, and his assistant, his assist is actually one of the best assists in the game. Ah, that's great. Because like, what he can do is like, in one of his assists is that he can do he can he uses the shield of Athena, the shield of Athena he uses to resurrect um to resurrect Athena at the at the end of the twelve houses arc. Yeah. Puts it in front of him, and if you get right by it, you get a you get a full bar free. You get a full bar of energy, just like hey, free energy, no one and no one's there, and no one can stop you from. That. That's pretty awesome. And like I said, this this game is stacked with like stacked with characters, and like I said, this is just and this has characters from like. The past and at the at that point, like like everything current at that point. So you had like so not only did he have like uh not only had Saint Seiya, but you also had uh Kiniku Man, you have Hokano Canfis of the North Star, and you know, Dojo Bazaar Adventure, but also had the, and Dragon Ball, Doctor Stump. But you also had Bleach, you also had um you also had Gintama, you also had Naruto, 
you had One Piece and you know Yu-Gi-Oh and all this and all this other stuff that was like really current at the time as well. And there's a couple and there's some weird ones on here too. Like there is some like weird weird choices here. Like yeah, Puyu no Fuku Jaguar. I don't know if you heard about that series. Uh no, it doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't ring a bell. Okay. It's about this guy who wants to who wants to be a musician, but this guy named Jaguar is trying to pursue him to play the, the trying to pursue him to play the, the recorder as his as his, <laughs> as his as his instrument and he just kept on, he keeps on harassing this guy just to play the, the recorder. And it's yeah, it's 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 insane. It's insane. Sounds like a sport manga, but instead of uh, trying to get him to join the team, it's like, hey, play this instrument. <laughs> yeah, play this instrument. It's the greatest instrument of all. And they got like, oh my god, it's 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 insane. And I'm, and yeah, speaking of insane, they also had a bubble bow in the series. Um, and there's some like some there's some other weird ones here, like Cobra, the Space Adventure Cobra. I'm like, what? Okay, I Space Cobra. Yeah, but he's only assistant in that one, unfortunately. Wow. But yeah, I like I said, realize, I I don't think I realized that that was Shonen Jump. It was. There's a lot of stuff. I've, like, really? I've only ever watched the anime. I've, the The manga has never been released over here, so I guess it, I just never realized. Technically, the manga was released, but you had to pay. You had to pay a king's ransom for those because, like, those were published by Viz. But like, I don't think they finished super. It, no, it, this was like super. Like, we're talking 1980, like late 80 stuff. Like very, like we're talking like 1988, and they only published it in like they only published it in floppy, like the like in like 32 page like book. In a thirty-two page, like just regular book, not like a. They didn't publish like how we use now nowadays. Like you can get like a, you can get like the actual like like you know the, like the actual volumes. No, they just gave us you know, like thirty-two page like volume like thirty-two page like regular ass comics. Well, I'm I'm personally excited. And before I say, let, let me preface this by saying that this is something I put on myself, not other people. I don't judge other people by this standard, but I judge myself by the standard. If I consider myself a fan of something. I'd like to have some kind of media of it, like like um, DVDs or figures or something to mm-hmm. represent it in my collection. And Cobra crap is expensive, but they are mm-hmm. releasing a pop-up parade figure of him and the robot lady. And I'm so excited to get a figure of him because his figures are like $400 plus. Mm-hmm. So trust I'm, trust I'm me, you're preaching to the choir to a guy who, who will sell, who will literally sell his, one of his kidneys for the for the Figma of, of, of both cobra and of lady armoroid well if you like statues the pop-up parade line is cheap and amazing i, I saw some of them I, there's some of them I, on my wish list i want that them I'm like... to do saint seiya ones because that would be like even if it was just seiya just do something from that line because those figures are so well priced and they're better quality than crane game figures but and not just that, not like... just not just that but it's like one of the cool things is like those figures actually the same size as like you know like the regular like if you if you're one of those people like that buy sh figure arts and or or um, big ones and stuff like that. They're at that same size, so they can actually be in that same scale. If you want to like pose them with like, if you want to put them in the collection as well, they'll fit in just fine. And not not necessarily between shows, but within the like the same properties, they are scaled to each other. Like I have Hie and Kurama from Yu Hakusho, and they are scaled to each other. Like Hie is much shorter than Kurama, so they mm-hmm. look really good together. It's not like when you piece kind of figures from different collections, because like my my Saint Seiya figures, I have some Bandai America ones, I have some um like crane game figures and some like mini figures. So they don't look the greatest all staying together because they're not scaled properly together. Like I don't care what scale of figures are in as long as the set looks nice together. 
and I don't get me wrong, like I love all of my Saint Seiya merchandise, but like I I really like it when they all are kind of uniform, uniform. like I, the same line, and even <laughs> even with Bandai America, the like the the Seiya figure and the Shiryu figure are the same height, even though Seiya is supposed to be shorter than Shiryu. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. Let's 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 reel this back. We gotta we gotta we gotta go back here. We gotta go back here and talk a little. We gotta go back to the viewings here. You're always cutting me off when I'm getting excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, well, we we got a strict schedule to to fill out here, and yeah, I mean, as much as I want to do these just off topic topics, it's like you know I don't want to, I don't I don't want I don't want this going for too long either. Two games. The first two games I just described is okay. One of the game absolutely translated in English whatsoever, and I doubt that we're gonna find we're gonna get an English translation of that game unless someone's crazy enough to 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 um, translate it. Jump Ultimate Stars. If you know, like I said, I'm not gonna link. I'm not gonna tell you where to find these games. Or where to get them, or where to get the translations, but they're there. There's an English translation for Jump Ultimate Stars that you can put, that you can play. So there is an actual translation. And what's interesting is that they not only translated the text, the text that's on screen, but they also translated the text that, in the panel as well. And it's very important because, like, some of the things in the game were uh, to un- or to unlock stuff, um, you need to make, you need to use context clues between between the player text to, to know what what um what thing what powers go together so you can so you can get the next panel up so you can get like the next power level power up for the characters. So it it, it gives you an idea. So it so it tells you from the context clues and and showing you the panel. It it tells you like, okay you need to use this character and you can finish out the panel and use it and that will make like like that will give you because in it, like everyone has what they call a level eight like a level eight panel. Which just a huge fucking tank. That's like the only character you're gonna have, but they're OP as hell. And it's like okay, so with the Dragon Ball, you have Super Saiyan three Goku. With with Naruto, you have him in, like, in his like in his in awakened form. And then with Seiya, you actually get him in because I don't I don't think they want to have too many spoilers, so they gave him the Sagittarius cloth. So I don't think they gave him the final cloth, unfortunately, which I think is like. But it's like you know, I'll be honest with you, I I, I love the I love that mm, final yeah. cloth a lot more, but. Well, you know, I digress. I digress. But like, yeah, he gets he gets the he gets the Sagittarius cloth in his like for his like ultimate form. Ichigo gets his Bankai form and all that stuff. You know, yada yada yada. But that that so like in order to like unlock that kind of thing, you need to like you need to like look at the context clues with the within the text, not just in the text in the in the screen, but also with the flavor text. I'm repeating myself. But yeah, like I said, I am I am not gonna tell you where to find this game. I'm not gonna tell you where to find this, find this stuff. It's the translation stuff is more readily available, and I can talk a little bit about that. It's on romhacking.net. But to get like the ro- to get the you know the other things to play it, I'm not gonna tell you how to do because I don't want the, I don't want the FBI breaking through my breaking through my window. I already had that happen once before. Oh, I shouldn't be saying that. But regardless, <laughs> I mean, there's this really cool mm. website called Google.com, and you can type mm-hmm. things in there. Been, and I've been, been trusting less that. and less in Google. It's one of those things where it's like like. There's this website. Oh, there's called a place. Ask there's a place Steve. called Alta Vista. There's a place called Alta Vista. Excellent. You can go. You can go to askjeeves.com. On what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Opera? You're talking about, you're talking about um, Netscape. Netscape Explorer. Oh, um, um. Also, if you if you go to Kazaa, you, you can probably find while you're at it too. While you're trying to download, while you're trying to download the. Yeah. All while you're trying to. I don't know. Not. Only the things. dust as we speak. I'm pretty sure a, a certain a certain segment of our audience is just transformed to dust. But yeah, I'll I'll link to this. I'll link to at least the <laughs> the translation to Jump Ultimate Stars. Again, I'm not gonna tell you how to what, what on other ways to like put that how to put that English translation in. All I gotta say is it's there. 
Okay, like I said, I'm only saying I'm saying all this stuff, and I'm gonna keep on repeating it for like a couple more times because I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody with. I don't want anybody with. with I don't want anybody with. with now, fancy suit coming to my door, handing me a subpoena because I have absolutely no money to pay for a lawyer. Please do not sue me. Do not sue Bangkok. Please do not sue, sue Comrider Furry. I will absolutely not sell him out whatsoever. Please, I'm begging you, don't. <laughs> there's a bit like if there's a picture. This is a, a visual podcast. There should be a picture of me begging, like on my knees, like please for God's sake. I have absolutely no money to get a lawyer. I'm only gonna, like I said, I'm only gonna provide where you can get this information. I'm not gonna tell you how to put the information or how to like get the ROMs or, or anything like that. Like I said, just know if you know people with a peg leg and a and a patch, you you might you might be able to like know where to go. <sighs> exactly. It's there fails whatever also, you decide also, to do. It's your decision. Full disclosure, also anything else after what we, what you do with what, what you do with, with 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 that, it's up to you. We 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 hold no responsibility whatsoever. If like something happens to your, to, if something happens to your to your DS, if it if it breaks something in that way, you're trying to do something, or you or something happens whatsoever, we're not held responsible whatsoever. None of us. We we wash our hands at this point. We absolutely we just we just said the only thing we just said is th- it, there's methods. That's it. Okay. All that with all that with all that preamble and all that all that stuff said. Why don't we go on to the PlayStation Three Four Um Four era? Because like, this game actually came out for both for both systems. Came out first for the PlayStation Three. But it, but um, yeah. the one that came here in the United States and the one that they that that came for the play actually the is actually the the the, the enhanced version. Of it. And this one is J Star's Victory Versus. This is more of an arena fighter game, and it's um it's all right. It has it has, it has some interesting characters to say the least. It's like it's not like it's it's not a, it's not a huge roster like like uh, like Jump Ultimate Stars. But it's it's it, you can start seeing the you can start seeing like the the flaws in these like anime fighting games, especially the arena fighters. And this game just suffers a lot through, through a lot of that. Like, just it's a it's an it's anime arena fighting game. And if I, if that description does not appeal to you because like, you've played these games before, congratulations, it's the same damn thing. That's a shame because I think that's like the greatest uh, sin about those because in theory they're pretty good but the, but the problem is when they become so stale and they become just the same thing with a new package and they don't even add anything like that's worthwhile. And if you're wondering the like, only character in this they do that. and and J Star's victory is Seiya. So yeah, why not? And and actually it's, it's I find it interesting because it's like the the first two games that we just that we, that we talked about Jump Time Count Jump and Jump Ultimate Stars using the manga designs like highly it's something that's very rare for them to use the use the manga designs here he just flat out just use the anime design just he's got the he's got the, he's he's wearing he's wearing the he's wearing the he's wearing the help he's wearing that weird helmet and everything i've 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 um i've exp- i mean come right for you have uh, gone yeah. back and forth on, on what our thoughts on that weird de- on that design but you know if you if you like it more power to you that's not my thing i like more the i like more that i like more the tiaras fight me I feel like the the helmets make more sense if, for fighting. They don't necessarily look no, I, I don't know. better, but they make more sense. Uh, uh, here's well, okay, just a little TV uh, on that. Like the 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 problem with that is like yes, it, do, it they do make sense as protections, and if you are gonna be fighting people with superhuman abilities, it, it may they make completely se- they make complete sense. But the thing is that. The manga establishes this, and it wasn't very well translated into the anime. There is a progression, and there is a reason for why the bronze clots are so uh, bare bones, the original ones. 
It's because the idea is that they are the lowest rank of the fighters for Athena. And, and the higher the rank, the more protection they offer. And you can see that how the silver clots offer much more protection than the bronze clots, but they're still very bare bones compared to the gold clots. And then the gold clots are a proper full-fledged sort of armor that protects the entire body. There's that line of... Uh, there's that, that line of progression that that's also how they showcase the how the bronze clots gain more power throughout the series like the mm. every time they get repaired they evolve in one way or another that's something that that got that didn't get like that got lost in the anime because of how much protection the original bronze clots offered and it even felt very weird because i remember when i was a child so my friends told me like that they prefer the the B ones of the anime compared to the V twos, and and one of the arguments was that they lo- uh, protect less than the original ones. Case in point, like <laughs> those are the types of things that Bandai just thought. Well, okay, to Bandai's credit, uh, uh, it did help quite a bit with the sales of the toys, which in, ter- in ended up helping with the popularity of the series. So it's kind of like yeah. eh, put it yeah, in a balance. It, it, take your and pick. also we missed out on a lot of the weirder designs, like that weird like. Cat, like that when when they got the, their claws resurrected the first time by 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 Moo, it got they got that weird one with Sam where he's got the, like the things on his side. It looks like he's got like earphones. <laughs> the Mega Man. Oh, the Mega Man. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, the V two in the manga is infamously called the Mega Man armor. <laughs> oh no, I think I broke him. I used to just call it the Power Ranger armor, but. That makes better. You just hit the nail right there. Jesus Christ. But yeah, the, the, like, going back to J-Star's victory, it, like I said, it, the game, it's fine. It's, good, it's a good, it's a good enemy. It's, when I would say a good enemy fighter, it's a decent enemy fighter. Like, it's not, it's not something you want, like, you know, it's, it's, like I said, this is starting to get to the point where it's like, there's so many anime fighters out in the market, and this is just a drop in the bucket of like so many of those games, and that's I think like the, the worst part of it. It's like it, it does nothing to the differentiate the differentiate from one game to the other, and it's so and, and supposedly something where it's like oh it's a it's a it's a big team up of all these characters that you enjoy. Like it has characters from One Piece, it has characters from Naruto, it has characters from Dragon Ball, and it has all the characters that you may know too, like from Joe from Joe's Bizarre Adventure, Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, Saki. What's up? You know you know what energy you're given right now. Ramses, have you ever seen that episode of Family Guy where Brian goes out of his way to become friends with Quagmire and Quagmire goes on like a rant about all the things he hates about? No, about, but that sounds like that's Brian. Have right. you ever seen that episode? Because like he goes, he goes over, he's like, Yeah, you you try to sleep with your best friend's wife, and you know, you you do this and that, and you're so pretentious and you you think that you're an individual, but you're just you follow the herd. But at the end of it, he goes, "You know what? I could give all that. I I, I could overlook all that if you weren't just so damn boring." <laughs> it's like, that's yeah, the vibe it's like, you're getting right now. Like I said, because like you know, it's because like you could tell there's a, there was a there, you can tell and not tell you can see you know anime game market like if you had a, if you had a license and you were and you had like a popular system like a PlayStation or an Xbox. Or a Nintendo system at that time, you're gonna you're guaranteed a game at that point. And the problem was, it's like it like around around like the around like the around the mid like you know 2010s. There were just so many. Um, there were just so so many of these same types of games with so many licenses. It just it just kind of like it's like when you try to when when you, when you try to make a game like that, or in a market that's already kind of like saturated with that kind of thing. It's just it 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 just comes off as not 
bad. It's more like I'm disappointed. We're gonna get to a bad game in a little bit. Well, it, well, I mean, it's it's like also the novelty of it is that you can you can have like Goku versus Seiya mm-hmm. or Naruto versus whoever. Uh, but but the thing is, is that like most people have their favorite anime that they want to spend money on, and chances are that anime already has a fighting game with all of mm-hmm. your favorite characters, I'm not looking, just I'm the look- poster child character. There, there was a Naruto one. There, there's a Dragon Ball Jojo, Fighters. Several JoJo's bizarre adventure ones around the time. There's the Saint Seiya one too. Yeah, Dragon Ball had a ton of them. Like if so, th- this not only suffered from the fact that like if there were so many other similar games, there were already games out there with these characters in them plus more. That because like I I know that there's people out there that love a ton of anime, but most people are like Dragon Ball is my favorite, or Naruto is my favorite, or you know. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, or whatever. So there, why would you buy this like pared down version when you could have a game that has literally all of the characters from your favorite? Well, in, in, in the case, uh, well, I just thing, didn't get you, it. You actually said I something in, in that in that rant. You actually like you said something that was interesting. You said that there's a games that have your favorite characters. Um, Saint Seiya. Where are the games here in the United States? This is actually actually not this actually came out in the United States. So where's the Saint Seiya games here in the United States? Well, there is one. But like I said, at the time there wasn't any, so it's like, so like, it, so it's like that's cares? the only game. This is North Star. Where are those games for? Where are those games? We never got. We didn't even get the Lost Paradise for the for the PS4 until like at least five years after this game came out. So like, so you want to play Yakuza? Yeah, pare down Yakuza with Fist of the North Star. You're not gonna have that for like the next couple of years. But and then with like Dragon Ball, like when like Dragon Ball, you had a lot of great games. Naruto had a lot of great games. Bleach had a lot of great games. One Piece had a lot of great games. Jojo, I, Jojo had some good games. We can argue about that, but there were some better. Like, as a matter of fact, if you want a better arena fighting game, the <laughs> Jojo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle is a way is a way better arena fighting game. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> this thing it's like since he has so much potential for for video games, like it could be, be done in several different styles and several several different genres. But it just got stuck in Bandai's. Uh, let's recycle the same game over and over again. And sadly, it does suffer from. It ends up becoming stale. And as much as I do like Soul Dear Soul, it is very like. It, there's something about it that's just like mm-hmm. it, it's very slow. I think that's its biggest problem because it has many elements that are amazing. It has practically all the cast, or at least most of the cast that most people care for for the, for the characters of of the series in in total. But like it, 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 like it's basically just the same game that came previously before with just a couple new characters and the few additions that it does have that are really good don't really justify the game itself and sadly that's the last console game that or the major uh, AAA game that uh, Bandai and mm-hmm. Toy have decided to put on for the Cincinnati franchise and I don't see that changing anytime in the future which is very sad because they could do a lot of things that are even that are not even that uh, would not require a big budget to to make good but until somebody makes a decision about, about that, okay, we, well, so, we are stuck with. So I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. That. Have you like? I'm pretty sure. Have any of you guys played um? Play, any of you guys played Jump uh, Day Stars Victory? I have seen gameplays of it, but I have no, never played it myself. No, I, I haven't played it either. I'm I'm just not. I like I said, I'm I'm not a fighting game person. I'm not selling it to you. Really? They're, yeah. They're, well, I mean, like at the time, mm-hmm. it didn't sound appealing to me either. Like because. Yeah, there there's some characters I like in it, but the characters that I liked in it for the most part 
like except for like you said mm-hmm. say say at the time already had games out that were mm-hmm. more fun so uh, this, the and the, disa- the disappointment continues. We move on to 2014 to 2019 with Jump Force. <sighs> Can I? Uh, so I don't know whose idea it was to do this, but so they, I, I Jump Force kind of had like a quiet fizzle out towards the end. Like they they announced that they were mm-hmm. going to be just not supporting the game anymore. But I don't feel like it was widespread knowledge because a lot of these retailers like GameStop and Steam and other places were like heavily discounting the game like just weeks before it was about to shut down. And I just felt like that was kind of sleazy almost because like people were going to buy it and be excited and then they're not. Or if you have the game on Steam, you you can find ways to do it via Parsec as well. It just it felt sleazy that they were like yeah. trying to get the last like few dollars out of it there at the end oh, of yeah. the life cycle. And I'm sure other games do it too, but this was, this was something that I like specifically had always been tangentially interested in buying. And I saw that it was cheap and literally had it in my cart to check out on GameStop for Fucking like hell, man. I like eighty percent off. And I literally saw something on Facebook that was like, "Oh yeah, it's getting canceled in like two weeks." So yeah. Like, um, have, you, have you have you watched or played anything of the of this game, Bankos? I have watched quite a few gameplays of it. I was tempted to buy it just precisely because it had uh, Seiya and Shiryu on it. I wanted to see if they might have been involved in the quote-unquote plot of that game, <laughs> but I just uh, from what I saw, it just looked so. I don't know, it's weird. Like, if you look at videos of it, it doesn't look that bad. But, like, when when I actually got to test it, because a friend actually bought it, I, I tried, uh, he hadn't unlocked those characters yet, so I, I don't remember what characters I used, but I played it, and it was just, it, the gameplay so, so weird. Like, I don't doubt that there are people that genuinely like playing that game, but it's just, it wasn't for me. It didn't feel like a good game. Yeah, and, and, and it, that's so kind of the same sentiment that a lot of people had with the game as well. You're not alone on, on that on that one. A lot of critics really panned the game for being kind of like middle of the road. It's kind of the same complaints I had with the last game I had, J Star's Victory. It's just it's it's that game, but put in a more fancier, in a way more fancier package. It's it suffers the same things where it's like it's an anime fighting game. If you want to play all these characters. They're in better games right now. And like the only reason why you would want to pick up this game is like, for example, is for like some of the novelty characters, like Saint Seiya. Um, um, because you have Dai from Di- from Adventures of uh from, Dra- from Dragon Quest Dino Daibokin. Um yeah, what? The Death Note characters. Um they're uh, they're in NPCs. Was it Death Note in it? However, they're in they're they're in Jump Ultimate Stars as oh, assistants. Dang. I believe so. Was, uh, was uh, Toriko in that one? I can't remember. Oh no, Toriko was Toriko was before that. Toriko was, was before, always a fun uh, one to see. Well, like well, but Toriko was in J Star's Victory. I don't feel like he. That's what's one of those series. It's like for a, a minute, it was it, it was red hot and it just disappeared. And that's one of those series I kind of want to get into. But yeah, I the, just the, and on top of and again, this is not the fault of the game. This is more just like the state of how games are right now. I I really hate the DLC model. And I hate that this mm-hmm. game was really heavy with the DLC model, too. I feel like I was mm-hmm. always seeing on the Steam page that, oh, here comes, you know, All Might from, you know, My Hero Academia. You have to pay $10 to get him. And it's like, you know, it's, and, and again, that's not specifically 
this game or or Bandai as a company that's just kind of yeah it's like, it's it's, it's the it's the, the, the subscription it's model it's, it, they, they sell they sell Fortnite and they sell like the popularity of Fortnite and people mm-hmm. buying like the like like people buying like the 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 what's it called the battle the, the battle passes and they want to have like their own battle passes on their own game but but at least yeah. at least Fortnite is free and you can play you can enjoy mm-hmm. the full game everything is cosmetic in that this is charging you for specific characters with specific move sets when you've already spent potentially mm-hmm. $60 dollars yeah. on the game. It just it it feels gross. I just I don't like it. Like I can I I I I like cosmetic items, but if I don't have the money for it, I don't if I don't have the disposable income for it when it comes to like Fortnite or Overwatch or something like that, I I just don't get them. And it's no like it it kind of sucks for a day or two. But eventually, you know, I don't even think about it anymore because it's not something tangible. Yeah, I I, you're, 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 paying, you're paying for a JPEG. So it's right. But I, but I, but I get it's, you. It's, it's very frustrating. And there, I just I distinctly remember this game's DLC models, though. Yeah. And, and, and the worst part is like other other games are actually way more generous with their, with, their, with, their, with, their, with their with their with their um with their with their season passes. Like, for example, if you I think for like the amount you had to pay for all the characters to unlock in uh, this game. I think you can get like a, you can get like at least two seasons worth of characters in Dragon Ball Fighters, and that's like five fighters each. So you're getting ten fighters plus mm-hmm. all the other plus like any other thing, any, any other cosmetic things you can get for the same amount of time for the same amount you can pay for like mm, I'm seeing like what like six or seven characters. And I'm just I'm I'm asking this because I I didn't see any oh, okay fourteen characters, but I know that this was the same era that this controversy happened. Did was this one of those games that no. had the DLC characters on the disc? No, they learned a they learned a lesson. Okay, because I know that they, this was they, everyone that learned a really lot. harsh lesson back in the PlayStation Three era, keeping keeping a lot of DLC stuff in disc. Yeah, thank you. That was thank you, Capcom. <laughs> well, I freaking oh yeah, Epic Games. Like I said, like they they've learned that they've since learned a lesson, and that's why if you notice, like a lot of games now are like like the like the main the base games like like a certain amount, and then you have like additional stuff. And that's all the other characters that they're gonna be coming out like later and stuff like that. So unless you can like data mine, unless you want to like data mine or like you know find something else, um, yeah, it's just um, yeah, like that's that's how you would do it. But like no, it this wasn't one of the ones that was that that they that they data mined and they and they found like other characters in there. I believe what ended up happening though is like they did say like they they didn't they, the, the data wasn't there, but the names were there. So technically the, the names were there, but like uh-huh. I said. That's like I I I think uh, I think the I think at least having the names there is not as bad as say having the having the your entire data all entire your entire roster there. I think just having the names, I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more passing on that on that end. Because at least it's not like the actual data of the playable thing that should be like you should get access to. Then you shouldn't have to go through a paywall to get access to. It's just like the plans for what's to come, and yeah, it's still debatable. So, I mean, but that's at about least it, it's really not outrageous. Like I said, there's a there's a lot of like there's not a whole lot, but it's, it's a kind of it's kind of insane to think that Seiya was in four of these these games right here. Um, any final thoughts on it, Benkas? Uh, yeah, regarding the, those particular of games, uh, one thing that I'd like to say is that uh, it's a shame that most of those didn't come officially here to the West. Uh, okay, we've discussed how you can, quote-unquote, get access to them. That's on each uh, listener there. But uh, not getting here, it's unfortunate in the sense that, despite everything, it still shows that Seiya being put there 
it puts him on on a very good ground with all the other protagonists from the different series because I think that's one of the biggest mm, problems that Senseiya has had like in in America like it hasn't gotten the exposure that it needs for audiences to get accustomed to the characters and therefore give an opportunity to the story and something like the video games would have given that but unfortunately the only one that he has appeared in is not particularly popular and most people just tend to ignore the series like his inclusion being there Mm -hmm. at least what I can say is at least he's there even though the game is not good and and even though there are many things to criticize about that, that last era of games and particularly of, of Force Jump, but at least he's there. So that still says something about the status of, of Seiya as a franchise, as, as a character to the to the Shueisha property. So I'm happy with that. I suppose that one last mention that uh, I don't think we can get too, into, too much into detail because I don't really know too much about it, but there was the Saint Seiya uh, MMORPG that was uh, yeah, developed we talked and about that released in China. But it's like, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, it was in beta for like three, four years. And then, and then it came out and then it, and then it immediately just died afterwards. It just, they, they just, they just went, they just, they just published and then like, vaya con Dios, like, Put it out there. Just put it out there and just they just let it. They just like <laughs> let it rot and let it rot. And like I said, like I said, like like I'm not I'm not after 100 sure on the on what what happened. I do know like what it was. They they were they were doing the game since like two since like the early 2000s, and they released the game in 2016 and closed the game in 2017. It did last for a long time, and as far as I know, it was very popular on China. The problem is that by the time that it officially was released in other territories i think it was a little bit of too little too late not to mention that from what i hear the official translations were quite bad so it was yeah it like because i heard that it came like it officially came out in latin america there was a spanish version but apparently the the translations were terrible and like it was more viable to actually just uh, play a fan translation of the chinese in the chinese server so uh, it's one of those things in which like it wasn't handled well and so it's there like it has, it has very interesting. Like it's a very interesting thing. I think we might, we, we could probably try to dig a little bit more into its oh, sto- uh, the history of that of that game on another time. But but it's more of an anecdote than an actual playable experience. And yeah, sadly, I, I think it has already closed. I'd be lying if I said that I knew for sure. But yeah, it's not uh, something that's viable in this. Yeah, not only that, at, it's like the date of like if you want a better this. MMO experience, people are gonna go to Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm sorry to say that, like, as someone that's been recently getting into Final Fantasy XIV, it's like, if you if you gave me the suboptimal Saint Seiya game and Final Fantasy XIV, I'm going to Final Fantasy XIV. I'm sorry, I love Saint Seiya and all, but this is a better, this is the better, this is the better option. Um, with that said, okay. um, Comrade Furry, your final thoughts on all these on like on all these team up games or or final thoughts on like Saint Seiya games? In- um, not really on the team up game. It's just because I don't have a ton of personal experience. I'm just not a fighting game kind of gal. Um. But uh, I do have an update. I have stopped playing Saint Seiya Awakening <laughs> because I also, no matter, kind of like you were talking about the MMOs, like even the power of Saint Seiya can't get me to enjoy gacha games. Like I tried real hard there for a while, guys. Like a solid like two or three months, I tried. I even bought the pirate skin for Aldebaran because I really wanted it, and never even ended up drawing Aldebaran. So I spent like ten bucks on this game for no reason um yeah yeah oh well i guess but it it was it was it was fun but it's just like most gotcha games you kind of get to that point where you have to start paying if you want to progress like the 
the level caps and the challenges just get so impossible that it just becomes not fun anymore. Yeah, for the free to play model. So eh, yeah, I, and, and I had to retire that and, one. And, from and you're phone. not, and you, I don't blame you. Like, like those games are like designed to like suck your money, like like hardcore. So like yeah, they're like the game might might be generous, not be very generous with you at first, but afterwards it's like yes, you're on your own afterwards. It's like you know, yeah, because. You got you like as long as you were leveling, like when every time you leveled up, it gave you a pretty generous amount of stuff. But at at a certain point, you you get to where it takes you like a week or two to level up. So then the the like in game currency and the the bonuses and everything just start coming or stop coming, and it just becomes stagnant. And that's that's the point that I got to with it. So sadly, I am without Saint Seiya gameplay yet yeah, again. But maybe never give hope. Game that's all I gotta say. Yeah, never. Yeah ever give up hope on on anything with anything with saint seiya look what happened like for a minute like we all we all thought it was all but over but we got another season the manga is available to read on in on on the app you know who knows like maybe this might be the shining arm it needs who knows maybe 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 when we talk about saint seiya video games again we're gonna be talking about the fortnite skins of, of saint seiya <laughs> i buy it i'm playing it, it. I, 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 i'll hopefully admit that <laughs> I would I would buy them. I don't know how much I would use them because I like the I like to wear my skins like my mm. uh, sexually exploited male skins. So I just don't. Then most likely they did shirtless. Most likely they know what's up. They know what. They know what's up. Oh my god! No. Oh my god! There is. Anyway. We gotta talk about that. It's it's in the, it is in the episode notes right here. By the way, I do have here a note about that. Like Jesus Christ. So yeah. Oh, and that was um. That was that was an interesting. We went all over the place on this discussion, but you know that's that's how things are here in the Saint Seiya Cosmocast. We 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 go on tangents, but you know what? We do in a loving manner, even though I had to keep on wrangling us all the way back. But uh, so yeah, you know that was an interesting discussion. Like I said, like we don't know when we're gonna come back to this this discussion again. Maybe when we get some updates on on new games, maybe we can talk about the. Maybe you can talk about the stuff with we can talk about more Saint Seiya video games and stuff like that. But pretty much we're gonna discuss we're gonna be kind of in a circular like argument where it's like we're gonna be arguing the same things we discussed in the, in the last couple of episodes and stuff like that. We're just be repeating the same stuff from way back in the when I was doing well doing the solo episodes and whatnot. So well let's see what let's see what happens. Hopefully, like I said, we're gonna we're Saint Seiya's in a good place right now. It, you know, like we can only get better from here. Speaking of getting better and getting better with time, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the CGI show. Let's 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 talk about the last couple of episodes, just nine through fourteen, but nine through twelve of this of this uh, current of this of this season of Saint Seiya. I have final because okay, I'm, I'm looking at Final Fantasy. Uh, I had Final Fantasy fourteen here on 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 my. I have here Final Fantasy fourteen. I was looking at the date of Final Fantasy fourteen. So I was trying to. I was looking. I was looking for information when I was when I was trying to like make. Calls. I was well, like, I, the the Saint Seiya MMO game come out before Final Fantasy fourteen or after Final Fantasy fourteen? Like, no, I can't. I can't. Final Fantasy fourteen came out before, so yeah, it makes perfect sense that it ate its lunch like totally. Well, you also have to remember Final Fantasy fourteen. It's not even the first couple of years, like the, the first, first like the like the first couple of months, and they're like, the "Oh shit, we gotta fix this." No, it was it was bad for a, a long. Yeah, while. I was like, but, like, but it, my it's friend got, played but it from day one. I think it spent it more. Was, I think, it it, but I think it spent like a good year or so before, because like it was like that stuff was like pre-beta, like that was the stuff on beta, and then when it went when it finally released it with in Realm Reborn, that's when it's that's when that that's when they when he realized because that. That wasn't a beta. Exactly. Was, they they're just like, you know what? Trashed the game and started over and called it. It wasn't a beta though. Like, I, I promise, I promise you. Like, my friend, my friend was even there for like the final mm-hmm. countdown of it, go turning into Realm Reborn. 
where a bunch of people logged in to say goodbye. Like, yeah, it was. Anyway, it, we're talking about Saint Seiya today. I have something to say. I just want to preface this with I don't watch these episodes until literally the last minute because I am a massive procrastinator. So I had not watched episode nine until literally today, <laughs> along with all the other ones. So when I say I was a mind reader and I'm going to take all the credit for it, in the, the last time we talked about these episodes, we were dealing with those stupid uh-huh. skeletons at the Virgo Temple. And I t- like it. It ended on a cliffhanger where Saya was about to fight the final one because it was three. One of them got Sean. One of them got uh, Shidiu. And now Saya uh, has to take on the last one. And I said, you know, the this show has stupid episode pacings, and they when they hit that twenty two minute mark, they just end. I said something to the effect of, "I bet you that this fight only takes up the first like three or four minutes of the the next episode." And they could have tacked it on to the end of this episode to make a complete story for that episode. And you know what happened? We started the episode, he fights the skeleton for like three minutes, and then it completely goes on to a new story, like a new a new plot thread. And I, when I say I was irritated as all get out, I was so mad. <laughs> like, I, as a whole, the series is greatly improved, but something, some issues, uh, bleh, I can't talk today. But one of the issues that it's had from the very beginning is it's really weird pacing and it's really weird episode structure where it just feels like they run out of time and so they stop. And we'll get to mm. the end, but the end also sort of felt like that to an extent. Um, but it just, every episode just feels like, because I, I understand with season one, there might have been a point in production where they thought this might be going to television. And so they wanted to keep it to the 22 episode structure. But by season two, they had to have known that this was going to be streaming only. And when you're streaming, you're not restricted by the, those guidelines. If you need to add a couple of minutes to an episode, you can do that. I don't know why they keep cutting these episodes so weird, but I, it really was jarring. that the, you start. We start off this episode with like a super fast fight between Seiya and the final skeleton. <laughs> skeleton, skeleton. Um, <laughs> And then it immediately jumps to our Star Hill storyline. And it was just, it was weird. And I just, I, it really bothered me. Like, it, it put a weird taste um, in my mouth. Fresh my memory. Did we see Seiya use the ruling crush before this episode? Yes. I, yeah, he should have used it with Misty. I can't this remember if he used it with Misty, but I know he used it in the last, the last time, the uh, last gold. I- who, who was the last gold saint that he fought? Iodia. Uh, Leo, All right. Leo. He my, used it against Leo. Well, I must have been falling asleep at the wheel because, like, I just realized, like, I thought that was the first time he used it in the, in this in these in these block of episodes. Because that was like my only note. Because, like, you're right. It's just like they go to one thing, to the other. And I'm like, eh, there's nothing really to note here. Like, we spent the first, we spent literally the first five minutes with just doing this, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I, just, I wrote down on my notes, oh, well, in quest, good to see it. I'm like, and I'm like, I had to stop and realize, did we see it before? And it also it also super annoyed me that they had two fake outs. Like Saya Saya attacks the skeleton the skeleton once, and this big plume of smoke appears, and Saya's like, "I won," and then he didn't. And then the same thing happens a second time, and Saya's like, "Surely I won this time." And it's like, oh, "This can you at least go look for like for bone?" At least I'll give him this much. Like like uh, I'll give him like, this much. Like, my very first note I wrote down here is that Saya. I said there. Saya, stop using the same using the same technique twice. And at least he beat the at least he beat his his quote unquote boss, you know, with, with using a different technique. Props to them for at least having some so, so keeping like you know sticking to landing on that. Any thoughts so far, Benkos? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, 
how to put it like I'll, I'll say my final thoughts on this episode later but uh what i have to say regarding the skeletons is that i agree with um i think that i hadn't realized this before but because i really haven't rewatched too too much of the episodes like the, the first season i saw it like uh, oh, the episodes we were going to cover i saw them in one sitting and I, I I've seen the episodes of season two. I saw them as they were coming out, with the exception of the last one, which believe it or not, I actually just watched today. But uh, like I like Sunday that came, Sunday that I watched the episode, and and I hadn't really rewatched them. Like I just made my notes on the day, and I just left it like that. But I think that uh, maybe I'm not too. I don't really pick up on these things too much. But I have heard it not only from Common the the fact of the of the pacing, but I do agree with him that there's something just. Weird and bizarre. The fact that it begins with the skeletons, because the cliffhangers in this show have been so bizarre. Like the, the pacing is something that's very strange. I think it's very poorly implemented. Like in, in some places it rushes, in some places it goes super slow. It's it's very it's very strange. I think it's one of the main weaknesses that the show overall, both season one and two, continue to have. And I let's hope something that it, they improve for a theoretical season three that, that i do believe it's going to exist but until confirmation comes well let's keep it hypothetical i i just hope they really work on their pacing because yeah it is re very bizarre and it it feels like you waste a lot of time in some of these episodes and okay coming back to the skeletons i think it was i don't mind the skeletons themselves like they they are something that they appear in the story in the original story i don't mind them being filler i just think that the filler presented here was not well done. That's uh, my take on it. it they just did, it, because if I remember correctly it was like tacked on to the end of episode 8 and this was tacked on to the beginning of episode 9 and I just feel like the full segment should have either been all in episode 8 or all in episode 9. Like it, to split it up like that especially with these being like instead of being released in batches like season 1 they these were released week to week. That's such a weird cutoff place and it wasn't it wasn't one of the gold saints, so it wasn't as what's the like thrilling or like like nerve wracking or anything like that. Like Seiya's already defeated mm -hmm. what like two gold saints at this point. A little skeleton isn't going to stop him. Like this, this was not a concern that I don't think anybody had. So that was just a really weird place to end it at. I, I don't know. Like if you look at Netflix shows, like the the Netflix original shows. So, like some of the episodes might be 25 minutes some of them might be 36 minutes some of them might be 32 minutes it's just however much time they needed to tell that part of the story and i i think that it just would have been more successful if they had done that here even if some even if that meant that like episode eight was 25 mm. minutes and episode nine was 20 minutes that it it wouldn't have made that much of a difference in the the grand scheme of things, and it would have made for a better viewing right. experience. But I'm I've gone right, on fair about enough, this for fair too enough. Long. That's my so soapbox. we get to <laughs> we, we cut to a scene afterwards where, the, where we still cut to to the to Mu um, Aldebaran uh, June and um, and Kiki. They're all going to they're all going to Star Hill, and I wrote down here a note where it says there um, the writers really hate the the writers really hate June. Cause it feels like when, when some of the writing they they some of the writing they have for for like for her, it just feels like oh my god, what is what is going on here? Like I, I was I was watching them like like do, do these guys really like do these guys really hate her? Cause like I, I, for some cause like for some reason I, I, I I'm, I'm listening to like some of the stuff and I'm like oh god this is so so bad and like some of the retorts and I wrote down here too. Back to the writing of season one. I, I have a I do have an opinion on what you just said like. 
It's weird because like when June was presented in this season and when the idea of expanding her role was presented in the story, it made perfect sense. Like she is a bronze saint that got sent away by her master to protect her. She comes back, she sees he's dead. She wants to get involved in this fight. Like that that's amazing. And it starts very well. And she they show her as a very determined individual, expanding on on a character that Let's be honest, as much as I love the manga, Junae is barely a character in the original story. So, like, them trying to expand her role is something that I applaud and that I really enjoy the idea of. But the execution has been very bizarre because, as you said, it's like going back to writing for season one. Like, because they make June here, like, uh, the, the impression that she gives him is that she's like a bratty, like a one of those uh, yes. university brats that's like, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? It's like, why do you talk like that? Why do you behave like this? You're supposed to be a state of Athena. You were trained by uh, by what it's probably presented here, one of the best uh, teachers that you could have had. Like, why are you behaving like this? It's, I think it's a matter of them. Okay, they're trying to flesh out the character, but uh, they're, they're in this episode, at least, it, it fails. It doesn't land. Well, we talked about this a little bit in either... I can't remember if it was if it was the last episode we did about the movie or the last batch of these episodes that we did, but just about how we have to remember that these characters are like fourteen and fifteen, like they're they're teenagers, they're young teenagers. So I think with that mindset, I don't think that she acts that weird. She's acting like a teenager. I can understand your point though that you know she did go through rigorous training that should have kind of hardened her a bit as a person. But I I I liked. I don't know. I liked her back and forth with Kiki. I thought that it made the show feel a little bit lighter. I just like seeing her on my screen. I think her design is amazing. Maybe I'm just willing to overlook <laughs> some of that a bit, but I, I felt like she was acting like a teenager for the most part, and that Moo and Aldebaran and, and Marin for the most part really were having to like wrangle her in and be like, look, this is we're still in a very serious situation. I I thought that it was interesting, and it made for a more diverse group of characters. I can understand that that's not the glimpses that we saw earlier in the season of her, or, you know, in the original, the glimpses that we saw of her that wasn't really her personality. But I really, I didn't mind it. I, I appreciated that. So, yeah, yeah I, I do agree. It's like they have, like, a, like, with the banter between Kiki and um, Junae, it feels more like, um, it feels like more like a brother and sister kind of, like, kind of thing so I, i'll give i'll give you that much where right but it does feel like you can there, there are better ways to handle this and i felt like like uh, like maybe because like the, the shadow season one still looms and i kind of wish that they didn't really have to invoke that that um that that shadow but you know who, but you know hey they, they, they so it didn't work for me but it seems you guys have a have a better opinion so i'm not gonna argue you guys two against one i'm like i am i'm i'm, I'm definitely gonna lose this fight so you know what <laughs> let's move on Wait, wait, wait. Ramses is on, or Ramsey, uh, um, you're Ramses. Oh my God. Ben Hoss is on your oh. side. I was the oh, one by oh. myself saying I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like how June was portrayed in this in this episode. Yeah, like, I was, I was, I was I the need, one I on the island by myself. But, but anyway, like, the basically what happens is they all have to fight like mirrors of themselves. Well, I say all, um, with the exception of one person, but well, we'll no, get well, to that person in a before moment. Before that, they actually we, was, we cut to the he actually cut to the bronze saints getting to the getting to the temple, and I wrote down here, I wrote down here, cool. They went to a Windows ninety eight screensaver. Oh, uh. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then secondly, I, I wrote down. Secondly, I wrote down when we oh, got no, to no, see no. the rest of the temple. Oh, Aesthetically, this reminds me a lot of, of Legend of the Sanctuary. Like like that. Wait a minute. That was the that's episode ten. 
that's not episode nine. The episode nine is hmm. all Star Hill. Yeah, they're on that cave, uh, why, and that's when after they enter, they, they get separated, and each this... has like their vision of something. The more they're referencing, of... I don't know. I have a I have a note specifically towards the end of episode nine that asks if Say is okay because we haven't maybe, seen him in maybe, a while. Maybe I was looking at Star <laughs> so... Hill and I thought that looked like a nineteen uh, ninety a Windows ninety eight screensaver. You know what? I gotta take better notes. <laughs> I gotta take better notes. It might have been. It was... It was pretty generic. It looked it looked eerily similar to a lot of the backgrounds that we had seen in season one. Okay, so yeah, because I, I yeah, you're right, and you're right, yeah, yeah. Because I wrote down the next note when, when we get to see the evil versions of like Moo and Aldebaran. It's like, why did they put goatees in the evil Moo? That's a Star Trek <laughs> reference. I just, I just the, the Moo fight, the the movie Moo fight, um, was the most boring fight in the whole show. Okay, like, now, I know, show now, I know, now I know now I know what really I was referencing. Why, why I said all this. When they go into that when they go into the, the mirror world when they start fighting these 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 um these bad guys, that's when I say, okay, this looks like a Windows 98 screensaver. And I then then afterwards I say this technically reminds me of of, of, of Legend of Sanctuary because aesthetically where they're fighting at reminds me a lot of how, where of, of that of like where they were in that movie. Okay now okay thank yeah I, I can I take can good notes people I can take good notes people <laughs> <laughs> well, the the fight between Moo and Shadow Moo, or whatever, like Evil Moo or Mirror Moo, whatever you want to call it, it was just it was so boring. And I feel like Psychokinesis is just something that could be really cool. And I've seen it be really cool because I've played Scarlet Nexus, which is probably my top three favorite video games of all time at this point. Um, but the main characters, whether no matter if you pick the female or the male in that. They have psychokinesis, and the battling is so dynamic and cool of just, like, throwing objects around mixed in with, like, some physical combat and stuff. And they tried to do that, but all it was was, like, evil Moo throwing boulders at good Moo, and good Moo just trying to Mm -hmm. defensively block it for, like, ten minutes. And there's the fight. It was... It was disappointing, because I was like, yay, we finally get to see Moo kick some ass, and then he just kind of stood there, I guess. It was very, it was going back to the fights of season one of the, like it lacks a dyna- it lacks a a dynamic sense of movement it lacks in- intensity it lacks like yeah it was very as you said it, no it wasn't only just boring it was just like you felt that you were wasting time just watching this because it's just like oh I'm gonna throw this at you and no no um like no no like some rocks like really that's your biggest threat against the gold saint some rocks. Especially, this bothers me quite a bit because it reminded me, like, this is like a very poorly executed scene from uh, one of the newer manga that the one of the uh, pre prequel mangas that got released in this decade by Kurumada, in which we see how uh, Mu is training and how Shion trains him. And it's actually very interesting to see that uh, they are using telekinesis in his training. Shion literally throws giant rocks at a small little kid-ass Mu. And there's one rock that he's not able to destroy with his telekinesis that would have killed him had had Shion not stopped himself and destroyed that rock. And he, he even responds to him like... Like idiot! Like if that rock had hit you, you you would be dead. It's like oh, so sorry, master. Like it reminded me of that, but done so bad. Okay, so I, like, I, I, uh, like, I had like yeah, I I will agree with you guys. Where it's like I felt kind of bad, but I will say this in its defense: it's interesting to see that we get to see stuff like the crystal wall ability and all that stuff being used this early because we don't get to see it that much until like Hades. Yeah, because Mu doesn't actually fight, or he doesn't act- actually involve himself in a fight until Hades. So, I am 
not against him doing stuff yeah, again, this again, early. Like, I'm not gonna, it's just like, the execution yeah, it, wasn't this could, this, this could have been this could have gone a lot worse. I mean, this could this is this this is a lot worse than than, than a lot of other stuff. This could have been a lot better, I should say. Like we can do like, this file could have been a lot better. But I give like I'm willing to like and it's like one of the things where it's like I'll give you a C minus on the fact that at least you're showing now that there's more to move than just him just repairing arm. And the and him having those abilities with him and knowing those abilities that we yeah. only see get to see later on in the, in the actual series, we get to see it this early on. Could it be executed a lot better? Yeah, most definitely. But it's good to see this early. Um. Well, I what the so I I mentioned that Aldebaran is fighting Shadow Aldebaran. Um. But before that fight starts, Marin has to face her trial. And when I say I'm getting so sick of them being incredibly ham-fisted with the storyline, like, I thought okay, I was hold sick on, of hold it on, before. Hold on, hold on. I, I, I really did. I know exactly where you're going to go. Right for you go first. Fancast, you go next. I'm going to let you I'm oh. going to let you go. I'm going to let you two go. I'm not going to say anything. You guys have the, you got, you two have the floor. Just be polite to each other. You guys, When you guys are done, just wave me back in. What? Why are we doing this? Why? Like... Either because, like I said before, either they're gonna pull the rug out underneath the fans, and she actually is Saya's sister in this incarnation, which would be kind of interesting. But then they've basically told you by that point, especially with this episode, because basically what happens is Marin's quote trial is it shows her an image of what we can assume is a younger version of her like crying because she can't find Saya. Just like, I don't know how, what to think about this. It's like they, the showrunners are driving so hard. The she's Seika, well, Patricia in, in the show angle so hard, but uh, like, I don't know how to feel about this. If they really decide to make Mary and say sister, I, I don't know how to feel about that because in story, it, it just, it's inconsistent with what ends up happening at the end. And it's a huge impediment for the Hades saga. Like, the fact... Sika is a vital character for the conclusion of the story in the sense of what she manages to make Say achieve. And making her marry just would ruin that. I don't know how they would get away with that. And it also doesn't... I don't think that they should... I don't know if they're actually going to end up doing that because they've said multiple times in many interviews and they've said this to a lot of people that they're trying now to stick much more closely to the original story and to the original source material. So are they just are they just doing a fake out for the sake of for the sake of trying to create a mystery of intrigue because they're going to fail if that's the case as well. So uh, yeah, I don't well, this it, is a bad idea the any way you want to put it. It's it's one of two things that, in, in regards to this particular instance with Marin's quote trial being her facing her younger self, potentially her younger self. It could be that they because they started setting up this plot, they started hammering this plot in the first season. So it could be that they've already gotten too far and they feel like they can't backtrack now, and and she is going to end up being say a sister or. The they did say, and this is kind of, I believe, going into episode ten a little bit because I think the storyline does, uh, I, th I think the storyline does tie into, um, the next few episodes too, and I can't remember what episode they say it in, but basically, Star Hill, uh, they they say that this is the domain of the Pope, and he kind of creates the like he's the only one that has any real power there, and he creates. And the, it, everything so we can assume that he probably created the illusions too 
and maybe he thinks that Seika or that that um, that Marin is Seika or Patricia, and that's why he did that because Marin just like walks through it like it's nothing. So that could imply that it didn't bother her whatsoever because the facts weren't right, and that Saga or the the Pope or whoever didn't have all the correct information and also was like just trying to come up with something for her. But I don't know. But she's also been in sanctuary forever, so you would think that the Pope would know that because they've also said that Shion's been dead for decades. So I don't know at this point. I I've been trying to rack my brain to make it make sense. Hopefully. Um, spoiler alert, we don't get a conclusion to this in this season um, because I've, they're banking on getting a season three, which we're pretty sure, like we said before, we're pretty sure we're getting season three. So this is probably going to be something that resolves later, hopefully. But it just it was handled so messy, so, so messy, especially when we get to the end of the season. I agree. I was actually thinking, though, and jumping a little bit to the next episode. Uh, yeah, we're I know, we, actually, in the, at the end of this episode, jumping a little bit forward, uh, we see that the the apparition that comes for June is not herself, but it is that of uh, her master, Daedalus. So, uh, like, it's not necessary that it has to be something strictly connected with the person. Like, maybe Mary had an interaction with Seika slash Patricia in the past, and that's why she appears here. But that's uh, now that I can think about it. And when you mention it, she does just walk, uh, move on forward without uh, paying too attention to it. So it still leaves like room for like it, it creates confusion because in the end we're we're arguing about this. But I do think that I hope that it ends up being not the case. I just hope that Seika, uh, well, say a sister doesn't is not married. Like I wouldn't be happy with that idea. Okay. Well, before that, before that, for episode um, ten. I have a few notes I want to I want to pick up really quick here. Being solid. Also, also too, I was like, I made my I made my my like. You guys have a stronger opinion on this. If you want, you wonder what my thought is. The bad idea what they're doing, but you guys made a compelling argument regardless, especially coming right furry. Where it's like maybe it, I'm like maybe maybe the Pope got the information wrong. Who knows? But like I said, I'm more in Bethel society. I was like, if you're going to continue this, I sure as hell hope you have you have like a. I sure as hell hope that you have a way out out of this when we get to like later stuff. If you're gonna go to the later, um, but like I said, like I know you guys have have a stronger opinion mm-hmm. on this. That's why I let you guys go. So, um, but there's a few things here. So, yeah, like I said, you may mention that um, that Janae when she when she encounters her illusion, it's not her herself. It's actually um, it's actually Daedalus. And I have a question to um, Becas. Like he's like a walking encyclopedia of Saint Seiya. Yeah. Was so that ability? Is that ability that he has the the the, the sure. safest the safest demolition hammer? Is that is that new to him? Yes, it is. It's uh, the first technique that we officially know from him because in in the manga he just he it's never shown a they never show him fighting. Daedalus doesn't actually fight. We just see him like in the past with Sean. We see him through Sean's memories, and then and we we get a panel like it's a it's not a literal panel. It's one of those interpretary panels where it's like oh the Piscis. Uh, saint killed his master but we don't really it's more like a, just a, an impactful scene not an actual scene that occurred in in world so we never really saw him fight he, he so we don't really have any actual official techniques to his name uh, this is the first time that it, that and the technique has been and made also, him, so I, this I is unique to the to the actually, show actually you know what i'm going to cool. cross this out cuz like this note here about the last the last couple of episodes cuz i realized it says here I realized they never animated a scene with Janae putting her our cloth on, but like, no, they did. They did show it the last couple of episodes, so I'm wrong. I'm wrong. 
Yeah, the 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 flashback at the start of episode ten, which those episodes weren't yeah. that long ago, so I don't know if it was necessary or not. But it just th- this show just has like a a flashback fetish. Like it's just it whether we've seen it or not, they're gonna show it to you. Flashback here, flashback there. That one time when okay, they had so a flashback in a flashback. I did say, like, however, and this is another thing that maybe maybe Bankers can also clarify as well. This is the first time too we also get to see Junae use an ability, right? Okay. Mm, named ability, yes, because she does attack. She does attack Sean uh, both yeah. in the original anime and, and in the manga. She attacks him with her whip, but she never, but she never like yells a technique. So this technique is also unique to her. And I do believe that uh, I don't remember where I saw this. I think one of the people that that uh, spread information about Sensei in Spanish is mentioned something about the, the name of the technique being like uh, an homage to like a magazine that Kurumada like gave a. An interview at at one point. I'm not sure about that. Don't don't quote me on that. But I think that her the name of her technique is uh, of uh, relevance somehow to the history of Sensei. So it was a nice detail on behalf of the of the producers of the show. But uh, I do know for a fact I that don't Jine have the exact information. Why she's called Jine because like, there's a magazine that's like more LGBTQ plus in in Japan that's that's more focused on that called Jine. So that's where they got her. That's where they got her actual name. But I, but I don't yeah. know about her actual technique. Yeah, the Kurumada did as, as an homage. I'm okay. I, I I don't have the. I'm not entirely certain. That's so fair enough, fair enough. it's just speculation was, on my again, part. Again, you're you're a walking encyclopedia, and sometimes like like as I read the manga, but I'm like, did he, did she or did they? But okay, so so yeah, we, we so yeah, no, no, but no, going no. back. But one last yeah. thing before we and I, um, before we go to episode oh. ten is again. This is what I was referencing when they got to when they got to the, when they got to when they got to the the Virgo house. I said, and now they're in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, for like yeah. for like five seconds, and then they get right to the temple. Like well, now we go to episode ten. But the the same thing. Ha- so so I I really feel like the the skeletons and I I promise I'll stop bringing them up eventually. But I feel like the skeletons started this snowball of scenes being cliffhangers that shouldn't be cliffhangers because the end of episode nine, uh, Jeanette or June, she finds Daedalus is her like mirror person that she has to face off against. And it ends there. So we did kind of get an episode 10 already, but the, the quote, the, the fight between the two of them only lasts a couple minutes. So that could have easily oh been the end of episode nine and then episode 10. It's just it's no, just no, 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 and and no, 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 no. The reason why I said, "Oh my God," is because I thought that was the end of episode ten. That's why. Like, I, I, I'm actually no, agreeing with you. Nine, I'm actually agreeing with you on this. I'm like, I was saying, "Oh my God," he's after again. No, it's more like, "Oh my God," I was, I was completely wrong. <laughs> because yeah, because the it's just the first few minutes because we have episode ten starts with the real a real quick flashback of just who Daedalus is because uh-huh. it, we only had seen him one time really in the show so far so it did that that flashback was kind of necessary i guess because even i was struggling to remember if they had actually shown him in the show yet or not because i remembered ben Hus being excited that this was the first time he was being represented in animation so i was looking out for him and but i guess i i guess the scene before was just kind of a quick one um because that's that was when uh what we were talking about earlier when june's character decides that she wants to join the fight at sanctuary because he dies so like obviously she's surprised to see him alive. He like gives her a bitch slap across the room, and then they have a <laughs> quick fight, it, like a quick just like couple minute fight, and then it ends with him saying that he's actually really proud of her, which is also really weird because like 
the other two fights that we saw were just straight up evil clones, but this one like encouraged her as she was defeated. It's like I that part was weird because these are supposed to be like apparitions that the Pope has summoned to try to deter them from getting to this top of Star Hill. But this one was nice to her at the end. It's like, I was really proud of you the whole time. And then then we get to the Virgo house. It's like, that could have been on episode nine. That could have complete, that would have made episode nine feel much more complete and worth it because the entirety of episode nine was, well, not the entirety, but the majority of episode nine was about June's growth. And we didn't get to see the payoff of that until several no, minutes into episode you're 10. Right. I, anyway, I promise I'll stop complaining about it. No, no. It, I, I actually want to take up from. Me. I actually want to. I, I want to take on from that point because I agree completely with you. Because, okay, I've said that I don't mind the skeletons as being filler, but I do mind them in the sense of the time as well as the budget that was used for the skeletons. And I'm gonna. It goes with this episode as well. That time, and they could have used instead of putting the skeletons, they could have focused completely on June on one episode and leave one more episode for what is about to come right after we finish this, which is the fight with Shaka. Okay, I'm jumping a little bit here, but the fight with Shaka only lasts half of this episode and half of the next mm -hmm. episode. It's basically just one episode. I, again, again, it's a... An, uh, okay, I'm jumping a little bit. I think that the fight with Shaka was fine, but the fight with Shaka is arguably one of the most iconic, one of the most beloved, one of the most intense, one of the most epic and most uh, beloved uh, fights and moments in the entire franchise by many people and i genuinely think that it was a shouldn't uh, uh they shot themselves on the foot by cutting that off uh, and making it so quick they could have expanded and have at least two full episodes or two and a half episodes for that fight and and develop it as much as they could to to make it even better because again i'm jumping a little bit but i don't think that it is a bad fight but it could have been so much more better and it does, and I do agree with you on that, because in the end, the skeletons end up being something that, okay, I, I know that sometimes they have to do that for the sake of, uh, there are decisions that, 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 there's a reason why they do these things, but I cannot see a logical one for this. They could have taken that out completely and used the budget and used the time for, for that, for, to expand the fight with Shaka. So, and as well as to give a, bit, a better pacing and a better focus on June. So it's, it was a decision that ends up impacting the the final part of the season that had been going on quite strong up until now. But these last two episodes again show some of the weaknesses that the development team for this series have, and unfortunately still carry on. and And it's an unfortunate thing in my eyes. I I kind of feel the same way, but in the opposite direction. Like I wish that they would have made they. The, the skeletons, keep the skeletons, whatever. I'm done complaining about the skeletons, I promise. But I, I wish they just would have made the fight longer to be these last three episodes and ended the, the series with the Shaka fight instead of having the last episode tacked in. Because not to get too far ahead of what we're doing, but the last episode, not a whole lot happens. It feels like they they just had 12 episodes they had to fill and they just dumped a bunch of, like, wrap-up stuff in that, where I think that if they had ended the fight here, it would be, or if, sorry, at the end of the season with this fight, number one, we would have, you know, Nero, you know, sacrificing himself, which was a, would have been a really, like, heartbreaking moment to end on, like a really extreme moment to end on. But also, 
you you would leave you not knowing if yoga was going to leave like if this, if this was your first time watching the show i mean like if this is your first entryway into the show i believe you're not knowing if yoga was gonna they they could have just had like a, a quick clip of them all running to the next temple and showing that yoga's there in that intense moment of like them finding is he going to be alive or not and then we have to wait till next season to find out i just i think it would have been so much more impactful if they like because you said like you said this was this is one of the most iconic fights in the whole show they should have made this the focus of the last three episodes or at least the last two and a half episodes and ended it there. Cause I just feel like not only does making it shorter take away from it, but also like not giving it the respect and ending the season there took away from it too, in my opinion. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I completely. Yeah. It's like they should, they should have given us more time with the character and actually have more time with, with Chuck to like, to, do you have to actually give, give the fight an actual kind of weight to it? Like, am I am I misremembering, or did originally the like Shiryu put up a little bit more of a fight before, uh, before Phoenix Iki came back? Am I am I like gaslighting myself? No, the- no, no, you're not uh, gaslighting yourself. I think uh, here's the thing, like in in how to put it, it's not that he put more of a fight in the original anime. It's it's more that it was more flashy. Because in the end, he also tries to like do one attack on Shaka, and that's when like, he t- tries to do the Shoryuha, and that's when like Shaka ends up catching him. But they attacked him previously to that. Oh no, no, yeah, that's why you 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 have that in mind. In the original anime, they attack Shaka, then he counters without the with without he counters them. They try to attack again because I remember that Shiryu gets sent flying into into a into a wall, and then he falls off. And then, and then that's when the or no, ah, I need to rewatch the episode. But I, I think it was a bit longer in the original yeah. anime. That's what I, I, mean. I feel like. I feel like it was a little bit more like shot, like a, a little bit more of a dire situation by the time Iki showed up in the anime. Is what what I feel like. It it was more. It was very uh, much more flashy because yes, after Shaka just stops Shiryu, he kind of just sends them flying and like Shiryu and Seiya got knocked off immediately, and then Sean tries to tries. I am very putting a lot of emphasis in tries to attack Shaka to no avail, and then he just. Uh, okay, I'm jumping a little bit mm-hmm. there, but okay, that, that's when yeah. she fails, and then Iki comes back. I do want to say though, before we get before we full on take on the fight, it was really funny to hear Shiryu call him an old man because it just made me think of the the future is now, old man. <laughs> That's what that made me think. Yeah, of I was just like, did he just call Shaka an old man? Like Shaka, I mean, he is old, but he doesn't look old. Like he he looks like you know somebody in their twenties. I, I guess to a fifteen year old that is an old man though. Uh, okay, uh, go, going into that that point a little bit, uh, because when once they reach the Virgo Temple, they do an homage to the anime where they enter and it's kind of like this yeah paradise esque uh, like beautiful beautiful field that's like that's reminiscent of what happened in the original anime where they enter like a, a very beautiful paradise para, uh, Elysium esque uh, valley and then they they continue to run out a little bit until they get to Shaka like that happens here as well. I, I don't know why, but there's something about the execution here that just doesn't... I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but I don't like it. I, mm-hmm. I think that it was that it was bit too fast. Maybe it was executed too fast, that, uh, why I didn't like it. But okay, it's an homage to the anime. That's It's fine. They get to hear. And here's one, one detail uh, exclusive to this series that I really like. Shiryu trying to be sensible and trying to be... Uh, 
uh, what's the word? It eluded me, but trying to negotiate the permission to actually be able to pass on through, like, they, like okay, there's no need to, to be hot-headed here. Let's try to talk right. with this person and try to reason with him. I love that, that, that he tried to reason with the Gold Saint prior to the fighting uh, starting. And then I also like how Seiya, being the hot-headed uh, fool that he is, He's like, I'll take your silence as a, I'll take your silence as a yes, and then he tries to run off, and that's when Shaka stops him. I like that very much. But say I learned today that it's not <sighs> consenting it. unless you hear the word yes. <laughs> but no, like I, I did, I did see the irony though, Ben Haas, because I was thinking the same thing. I did see the irony that in a series where the Gold Saints have an arguably much stronger foundation to want to stop the Bronze Saints. It's funny that this is the time that Shiryu decides to rationalize with somebody, as opposed to the original series, where there's almost no reason for the Gold Saints to be fighting, where they should have rationalized with them a little bit more in that one, but they didn't. Yeah, I guess it was just the times, but uh, the the Gold Saints have a much better reason for wanting Athena to be dead in this one versus the, the original anime. And I just, I think it's funny that we get... We get them trying to rationalize with them more so in this one, where there's really not mm. much to rationalize, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> it, just to refresh everybody's memory, Athena still has no fucking idea how she's going to save the future. She just doesn't want to die, and the Bronze Saints don't want her to die either. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Yeah, that's when the prophecy aspect of this whole show comes back and bites it in its ass. Unfortunately. And it's going to keep doing that until it's over, unfortunately. All right. So, they, so we get to the actual fight yep. here. When that, and like, so like, we actually kind of like with the actual fight, pretty much it's like Shaka tries, tries to stop the rest of the gold, tries to stop the rest of the bronze saints, and they are unsuccessful at it. Um, Sean tries, tries to, tries, tries to take, tries to take him on, but it's unsuccessful at all. And then Iki appears. Um, one of the things that just stood out my mind, like the first thing I wrote down, I had to stop everything and I had to write this down was, he says, "How dare you? How dare you attack my friends?" I'm like, "Wait, so now you're our friends now? What? No, actually, oh, that's yeah, my that's yeah, I actually, right okay, there. go on. I'll add to that. We, we spent the last, we spent the last season, you spent the last season as a lone wolf, and now he's all of a sudden they're friends. What the, what the f? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. and that I think that is where the weakness of brushing over. Oh, the there's another one later. I that that brushing over it made me kind of confused on something else. We get to much later." Yeah, but but as far as as far as this, because it, I mean, it, it was pretty it was pretty par for the course in the original anime for Iki to just not be there for large chunks of time. Yeah, he's he's like the the sixth Power Ranger basically. Like he just comes in when he's needed. But in the in the Silver Saint arc, there was a few instances because I remember we we were like shocked to to see them whenever we were reviewing them where Iki like showed that he cared about his friends and Athena even like intervened and like that's just the how he communicates and you know he wants to be her friend and like she was kind of translating his like anger and explaining it to everybody but we didn't get that here so it was super jarring when he was like those are my friends it's like we spent half a season trying to kill you and then another half a season not even seeing you so what do you mean yeah, it makes no sense here. It makes zero sense, especially because of how things left thank off. You. It thank just you, doesn't make you, any you. sense whatsoever. I mean, him coming back was would have been completely fine if if it had been the context of that like uh, sibling bond with Sean. Like he he just has even though even though like they've been at odds before, they're still family. But that's not the approach they went with. They went with the friendship. Not just that. Instead. I mean, there, there could have been other reasons why he could have come back as well. I mean, I mean. They do mention later like they both of them did encounter each other at the first at, like beforehand. And you could have you could have worked that into their angle, but no. <laughs> it, uh, 
That was not... my favorite scene in the whole show, though, where Shaka like gives him this lecture and then says, but forget everything you've heard here today. That was my favorite scene. I was just going to say, uh, I, I, that particular uh, thing I, I didn't mind because yeah. it is, again, faithful I mean... to how it goes on in the manga and that comes from from the first season even but here's the thing like the, the thing about Iki caring about mm -hmm. these people makes zero sense in this season because let's let's think back in the let's think back okay in the original anime he becomes part of the group and after a while he leaves but he basically ha forms a relation with these characters and it's through a series of episodes it wasn't like in five episodes then he leaves no it was like 10 or 15 episodes i think and he leaves which he was part of the group and then he decides to leave so there's a reason for why he cares oh yeah it's like oh don't worry like i like leave but i can trust you guys with the silver saint with the, with the steel saint anyways yeah like like in the okay but in this series, in this series, like he literally, and I remember that I said this exactly, like he just fucks off. In the original season, in the first season, he just decides to fuck off. He doesn't give a reason. He doesn't seem to, like, even, despite that, you could argue that the reason that he decides to go to Cannon Island to the volcano to heal himself is because of the injuries that might have uh, befallen him uh, when the volcano erupted and it collapsed on itself. It's never specified, and it's very difficult to infer that, considering that when we see him again in season one, he's completely and perfectly fine. So it makes zero sense, and I mentioned this in the first block of episodes for this season, it makes zero sense that he's resting and recuperating in that island. But okay, he did that, he interrupted Gemini Saint from sending Sean to the next, to the to the another dimension and now that he senses the danger he appears it's not that he appears that's what he does and that's how it happens in the original story as in the anime but it is him declaring these people to to be his friends it's like why it might be something very minor but when you piece all put all these pieces together and you try to make it a cohesive mm -hmm. thing i'm sorry but it's gonna come back and bite mm -hmm. you in the ass yeah, and it I'd does like in this your, moment your preachers require at this mm -hmm. point man it's like we all we all kind of agree and that caught me off guard i'm like that was a part like that was the most jarring out of all these things and i guess that's why that's that's why i kind of like have a that's why i kind of like um gave a that's why i i and for me when we get to our final our final thoughts on the entire season is that you know like we're starting to see a lot of these things start creeping up just a little bit the, the season one isms are starting to creep up here but not as bad as it was the last time but this is, seems to be like one of those season one things where it's like they they're doing it for the sake of it because it was done in the anime or in the original comic uh there there's one thing that I have to mention. I think it's important for this. And, and uh, okay, clarification: this is not to throw shade at the man, nor is it with the intention of uh, making any negative aspects towards his his self, like uh, his person. Like I don't know the person himself, but uh, we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Eugene Sun oh. is still the story editor of season two. Many people wrongly uh, assumed that he had stopped being involved in this series due to the controversies from this first season he hasn't he's still involved and he's still the story editor he has been credited since episode one of bachelor for sanctuary and it hasn't been something that's worth mentioning previously to this and i think that there are different writers for each episode but in the end he's still somebody that's involved in the in the production okay not only him like again there's a full team that make the decisions for how the show goes and i'm going to to say this to each and every single person involved in this who makes the decisions but I mentioned this because, unfortunately, all those aspects have shown their face in this last batch of episodes. And there is a reason for that. Most of the staff is still the same. Most of the people that are writing the story, it's still the same. 
And apparently they're still making some of these mistakes. Hopefully, as we have seen, because they have corrected many things for this new season, hopefully this will take they, they, they will take all of this as constructive criticism to make an even better next season, theoretically speaking, that I'm sure will happen. But but I'm doing it with that intention, not to put shit on the man. Like, right. But I say all of this because, again, many of those aspects come back and bite these two episodes in the ass. And I'm going to open the... I'm going to put the lemon on the wound with what is probably the worst, the most criticizable part of, of this, the fight with Shaka, which is Sean being conscious and just tied up and being useless in the entire fight. There was no reason whatsoever for her to be conscious for this fight. She attributed nothing. She accomplished nothing until the moment that she's supposed that the character she's standing in for is supposed to. Like until that moment, she doesn't do anything. So her being conscious previous to all of that adds nothing of value. Why make the decision of having her conscious and just tied up to a, like I, I? It brings the it brings the uncomfortable argument of are they trying to just portray the female character in a better light, but in the end shooting themselves in the foot for it? Because I think that it makes her look much much worse. Because not only is she conscious, she doesn't do anything. She's she's useless in this scene and in the next episode as well. Like she didn't. If she, had she been unconscious, like she was, like the character was supposed to be in the original part, it makes more sense for Iki to come and rescue them. But this decision ends up being making the character look worse mm -hmm. than what it should have been. I I agree and disagree. Go on. And why I disagree, like, I, I agree because for most of the part, the things you said, that it does make Sean look a lot weaker than, and, and and that's been one of the complaints about Saint Seiya since its incarnation is that Shun is always being rescued by Iki, uh, doesn't get a lot of time to shine on his own, and that curse kind of was, it was rectified a little bit here. Sean is much, I feel like a much more independent character outside of Iki than Shun is until much later in the show. In the early, especially in the episodes that we were watching prior to this, like, Shun just never mm -hmm. shuts the hell up about Iki, like, talks about it all the time. Um, but, yeah. so I, I feel like that is a, is, a, is an improvement here. But the, I felt like the moment when Shun was ready, or Sean, sorry, was ready to sacrifice her life, because I think on some level she knew that, because she doesn't, she doesn't have her seventh sense yet, does or did she awaken that with Jiminy? Yeah, she did awaken it for a moment when she okay. was attacking Jiminy. So. But did, I don't, maybe she, I don't know. But I, I feel like on some level she knew she'd probably die if she fought one-on-one -on -one with uh, Shaka. But she was willing to do it. But then, you know, Iki Nero told her, no, I've got this. You have to trust me. And I felt that that moment of her trusting him and her putting her complete faith in him was very important. And I felt like it, it hit really hard for developing their familial relationship that hasn't really been a strong focal point of the show. So I, while I will say that, yes, she was useless for about 90% of the fight, I feel like that one moment, which I think was technically in episode 11, but episode... I was going to say, why, why, why don't we, like, if we were so discussing fluidly. these episodes, why don't we put uh, these two together? Because, like, they pretty, they pretty much, they're pretty much, like, tied to the hip at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's there's just a point where because the I mean Shaka takes away one by one all of Iki's senses, and so Sean is like, okay, there's nobody left. 
she was the only one left awake and alive or awake, I guess, and able to fight. And so she was going to do it. But then, you know, Nero was like, no, you have to trust me. And I, that combined with the flashback slash possible, not flashback, just like inside of Iki's head where he was holding on to Sean as a baby and, you know, walking along the, the spiked stone path and his feet were bleeding and he wasn't going to give up on her. I feel like that's what we really needed. We actually really needed it back in season one, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I'm glad that that because that, yeah, that was a, that was a really good scene. Shun and Iki in the original is is they're very complicated, but because they've got a complicated like family history, but they've always had such intense love for each other. And we haven't seen that yet. In the first season, there was a little bit where, like, Sean was excited to see her brother. But, like, the second he decided he's evil, Sean's like, I'm going to stab him in his fucking face. And there, no no looking back. And so I felt like this was super important, and I think that's why they did it like this. So while it was frustrating for most of episode 9, and the, or sorry, most of episode 10 and the beginning of episode 11, to just see her literally chained to a wall forever not doing anything and and not even contributing anything i think that the payoff of that the those couple of scenes where we finally get that brother sister bond established mm-hmm. and solidified uh, made it worth it go for it may may i may i add something to that sure. because i completely agree with you there i actually uh, i agree with all the points that you've just made however here's the thing and going back to my original point because i agree with you like it does become a great moment for them for their sibling uh, relationship to flourish and for that trust to happen but here's the thing that scene is the but when that happens it's when in the original story that is supposed to happen so that should have happened regardless of uh of sean being awake or not like that's the moment like after Iki gets deprived of his five senses that's when shun and in here sean uh, awaken and 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 then they stop Shaka from giving the final blow, and that's when he, uh, Shun is about to fight Shaka. But Iki then tells him, "This is my fight. Let me fight. Trust in me." And that's when that happens. So that moment doesn't get disturbed. It also happens here, and I agree. It's a, a it's a very well done moment, and the execution here was very good for that. But he, again, returning to my point, then what was the point of Sean being awake prior to that? No, that's no, that's the thing that. It, uh-huh. I, I, just because it's been a long time since I've watched this bo- block of episodes for the original, and I'm purposely not watching them because I know that we're going to have to watch them relatively soon for future episodes of this podcast. How does Shun wake up in that moment? Because I don't remember. When Shaka, uh, after Shaka uh, delivers the the blow of taking away the fifth sense from Mickey, I don't remember w- what sense it was. I think it was sight. Well, anyway, once he I removes the, his five senses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Once he removes that, he's about to uh, deliver the final blow. That's when Shun awakens and uses his chain to stop the final blow from happening. And that's when he says, I'm going to fight you instead of my brother. That's when he awakens. Okay. So Shun just wakes up. Yeah. So I I would I I feel like in a storytelling sense, it's a it don't come for me, hardcore fans. But I, I feel like in a storytelling sense, it makes more sense for Shun to have been awake there. And struggling to get free, and, and struggling to, and I, I I know that she didn't struggle, and that's on the, the part of the storytelling, uh, of the of, of sorry of the writing team. 
But I feel like it makes more sense for her to be witnessing this and, and get a surge of strength whenever, like, her brother is about to die than just conveniently wake up at that moment and, and do it. I feel like, I, am I, does, does that does that make I, sense? Yeah, I get what you mean. I think here, I'll leave it at this. So I'll stop complaining about this. I'll just say this. The execution for this could have been much better. For example, she could have been uncomfortable. Yeah, just to say a couple of examples, she could have been unconscious on the first part and maybe to start to awaken as the fight is progressing, but being very weak to like, what's going on? For then to recover to a point in which she can interfere. Or she could have been awake the entire time, but maybe have Shaka uh, uh, give a, a very powerful attack that renders her almost on the verge of death. So that it would make sense for her that even if she's conscious, to be weak enough not to be able to resist. Or, or even, or I, that's, I the, the, that's the point. Uh, okay, okay, it was a decision. It was a decision, but the execution for that decision was not good. Okay, that's how I, I'm gonna I end my statement. That she she had been tied there witnessing all these horrors that's happening to her brother, and then I I wish that had been the moment where she like fully gained control of her seventh sense. And that's how she got freed because the her getting free was like a mystery because her own chains were turned against her and and it didn't very well explain how she got free and was able to do that. So again, it's not perfect by any means, but I wish that they they would have shown her with like the seventh sense glowing to like show us that she's learned how to tap into it because it did it wasn't clear in in the Gemini part if she just did it out of desperation, kind of like Saya did the first time, or if she can actually control it. So. That would have been a nice touch, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think either version was perfect. I think that a hybrid of the two would have been the best, but I just the it, the attention to details is where this. I think I think it, it has to do more with the fact that like they don't have that much time to explain it, even though they like you like you just said it's like it's a it's a made for it's a made for uh it's a made for an internet TV show, so it's like it's a TV show, so it's like they're not selling it. But I mean. I could say I know why they're doing it, why they're why they're why they're only constraining themselves to like twenty two minutes because like they want to sell this show eventually to like two networks down the road, but um you know but you know you you can do but there are better ways to handle this and they, like there should have been a little bit more time to for them to flesh out that that battle a little bit more because I think like I think that was like you, you're right because like you know it's just them all, all they hurt all of a sudden being free like that could like they could they could be a little bit more impactful just like how it was in the original anime but. I guess because of time reasons or because they or time constraints or whatever, or like they just said, fuck it. Like we have, they have to get rid of something. So let, let's just get rid of, let's get rid of this aspect. And this is where the show should have ended. <laughs> yeah. The should have ended, like point blank. Okay, yeah. I think, okay. We jumped quite a bit because I think that this point needed to be, like we needed to, to say this because it's probably the most controversial aspect to this uh, last, uh, to la- these last few episodes on how Sean, Sean's character was handled. So okay, Mo- moving past that and returning a little bit, we actually haven't talked about the fight itself with uh, between Shaka and Iki, and I think that mm-hmm. for the most part it was very well done. Minor, minor, a few things. I'm not going to go into detail about this because I'm no expert, but I did hear quite a very harsh criticism on part of somebody that has experience in animation. And I didn't notice this until he said this. Uh, the, the scene where Shaka is giving uh, Iki the the nightmare where he's uh, a young boy carrying Sean, and yeah. the, and then his feet. Uh, you you remember that part when he like she becomes heavy all of a sudden and he, he almost drops her. Apparently, like if you look closely, you can you don't oh. see any tension in the arms of of the of, 
speak. Yeah, like he 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 said that very specific example, and I'm sure there are more. So I couldn't like pinpoint them. And I'm gonna be honest, my eyes not trained that well to notice these things. But and like for him to be that specialized in the field, he wasn't able to enjoy that. But I'm bringing this up to say something. Unfortunately, again, the budget or the animation style or the production team that they have to to make this show in cgi i don't know which if any or all those factors have to do with this but unfortunately the show does still suffer a bit from animation and it's very unfortunate because again it ends up affecting the final product okay maybe the more maybe 99 percent of or 98 percent of people are not gonna notice those things but in the end, it's like the little details that sum up that unfortunately uh, make it difficult to to praise it, especially when it had been going very strong up until now. Uh, like it's a shame where you where certain parts flatter and that and again coming back to my they could have caught stuff that was irrelevant to the previous episodes to give more time for this fight to happen. But despite that, I think that for the most part, it's a very good fight, and most of the visuals and the fight between and the dynamic between. Shaka uh, Nikki is very I only well have executed. What do you guys the, think? About the fight in this, and that's at the very, very end of the fight itself. It's like, like, um, it, it was great how it, it was great how it ended. It was, it was great and spectacular how it, how the fight ended. If you don't know how the fight ends, it just he he grabs um 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 Iki, gra- Iki grabs Shaka. And he just lets his cosmos explode onto him, unleashing his seventh sense by 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 essentially just getting rid of all of his senses and focusing everything to like his heart and he just and he exploded and that was a that was a really cool scene but like that I, I couldn't escape this when I saw this because like I just like I don't know why why my monkey brain thought of this and my notes say um here the way he exploded makes it look like seems like a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Because it just like it's like he explodes <laughs> and there's like th- there's like this black like this black soot and there's smoke coming out I'm like I'm expecting like Iki or Shaka to have a sign going like "ouch" on the fight afterwards. <laughs> yeah, or boom. Like, I don't know. Why, I don't know why I thought like, that. Maybe because, like, maybe because like, I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop watching. I gotta stop watching these old cartoons sometimes. But like for my 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 brain just went to that when I saw it because it's just like it, it, it like I don't know why. And, and the worst part is like it's a great fight overall. Like there's a lot. I have some. I have some like complaints, but they're more like nitpicks more than than, than more than anything. Like and it's, it's just me making. It's just making like dumb observations. Like when they go to the, when they go to the when they go to purgatory. I said, oh yeah, just ask you. He knows what he knows what's what's going on here in purgatory. Um, and I so said I wrote down because like like there were some there are a few of these hells that that they were describing when he when when Chaco was taking through all the hells. I was like I don't know about some of these hells. I don't know if they're real or not. Well, I. I was really surprised, like, maybe maybe it was said, and I just never, like, sunk the information into me, that the brain is the sixth sense. I guess I kind of always assumed it was, like, not to reference Family Guy twice in one episode, but I always thought it was, like, that Family Guy episode where Peter's, like, talking about World War Five, and Lois like, no, Peter, there has to be a World War Three and Four. He's like, no, no, you don't get it. It's just so massive that it just skips over the other two. And I was like, I, I guess that was the situation in my brain, what I was thinking of. But apparently the mind is the uh, the sixth sense. And mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that I know and, that information uh, what was now. It here? Uh, so, so also an interesting thing is, that, like, there is one thing that, that was interesting other than that weird animation error when, when, um, 
where, where as as carry as Iki's carrying Shun, we get to see a little bit of that pendant, something that we don't we that it's something that ah, carry, yeah. like, again, this is one of the things where it's like something that like like something that gets played later, but it, it never gets mentioned till like later. But it's good to see it this early. So I, I did mm-hmm. find that really like I said, it's I, there's some things that that yeah we can look at and like okay this needs improvement. But I do appreciate them. Doing stuff that happens later on in the series, like bringing, like I said, like showing, showing Mu being a little bit more resourceful with his abilities and showing how 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 he fights and stuff like that, and showing off that pendant was was a good idea because like it's because like I literally I, if I remember correctly and how guys can correct me on this, that thing doesn't play that thing doesn't play no, doesn't play a, a role to like Hades. So giving it so showing it off this early is actually a huge plus. Yes, it's uh, actually quite consistent because again the whole. Shun being the host for Hades was basically something that Kurumata improvised. Uh, he has stated that in his writing style, he's always trying to think of... like He basically uses all his ideas for the chapters he, uh, he publishes as he, he's going along. So when he thinks of new ideas of what he can do to surprise the readers or the viewers, uh, that's when he comes up with stuff that might be like pulled yeah. out of a rabbit's... out of a magician's head, if you will. You may you may like it, you may not, may not like it. That's entirely up to interpretation of each uh, person reading his works. But uh, that's how he operates. So Shun being Hades' host, it's something that he literally improvised for that part of the story. So that was never something that existed prior to that. That's that's why Dependent never gets uh, CPD mentioned until then. And it, But it's now knowledge that as the story has finished and as we know, etc., etc. Them adding th- that as a detail... Even from like here, it's a very good thing yeah. to do because it so, keeps I mean, it consistent. And that, and that does that complete the episode, or do we have, or, does, or do we have more episode afterwards? Well, episode eleven basically okay. finishes right after Iki yeah. dies, and they decide to go move on to the next temple. Hmm. Uh, like Iki burns himself alive with Shaka, which also kind of shocked me a little bit because I the trajectory that they were going and my my conspiracy theory of them trying to make out all of the, uh, well, minus Death Mask, who has historically always been just kind of a piece of crap. Uh, but I had my theory, if you remember, that they were trying to show all of these gold saints in the best light possible, and for him to still, like, get burnt up and, and you know, potentially forever be gone. Yeah. N- not really, but you know what I mean. Like, in yeah. the minds of the first-time viewer, like, I guess my theory wasn't correct, because, like, he didn't have any real sort of redemption. He he just they straight up followed you know the regular path. Yeah, because so I, I was the reason I was confused there. is like I thought that was one of the things where it's like like I wrote all these notes all kind of all together and I didn't put any breaks. So and that te- and that also tells you like that <laughs> if you put these notes like this in this in this way, it's like I I, I, I get confused as to where the episode ends and where the episode starts. So I gotta make sure it's like some of these notes, I gotta if some of these notes are correct because um yeah. Because like I I I kind of wrote these like on, on the fly without putting like a break on them. So yeah, I, so they get to so they so so they they this all it's all bad and all that stuff. So they get to so they get to the Libra house and they find they they find they they find they find Hyoga like frozen like a frozen frozen like a frozen like a Gordon's fisherman fish stick. Yeah, and then my le- my my most favorite scene in Saint Seiya becomes my least favorite scene, but we'll get to that in a minute. Basically. You know, they do the whole Doko has uh-huh. um, 12 weapons. It's like two sets of six weapons, basically. And only one of the weapons can penetrate the ice and successfully save Magnus Hyoga from, from dying, basically. And if they choose the wrong one, 
then he's gonna die. And I'm just like, I just well, they, 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 I, I, like, I, I give him this much. Um, they they did they did they did say something. He did see something beforehand before he before he revealed the when he revealed the cloth that like this is as much as I can interfere. I'm pretty sure that um, I'm pretty sure it's like either the sanctuaries know what's going on or he knows that something's up, and that's why like that's that's as much as he can give him without like telling him everything, and then like the and then then him and then and him have to like you know. And then they then they figure out like oh he's been helping the he's been having the he's helping the bronze things and stuff like that so I'll give him that um but I will say this I will say this in the in the, also, my notes here when they show off when they when he starts showing off the weapons he's just doing these weird he's doing like he breaks his armor right on cue like just like you know hey because he's got he's got to sell he's got to sell his body because apparently that's what that's what he does and he says that you're wasting time showing off your sick Bruce Lee moves because he's just like doing these moves and describing the weapons like. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just pick the weapon that you know, because like you know the you know the answer. Just get, just grab it, and just get on with it. You're in a, you're on you're on a, you're on a schedule here. You're just wasting time just showing showing off, dude. Come on. Okay, so I I have a question, and this is more me not being able to remember because we we watched because the the CGI show covered a lot of the same ground that we also covered watching the original anime, and I know this scene exists in the original anime, and I thought it existed in the cgi show but i might be misremembering but shouldn't shiryu already know that doko is the libra knight like because it didn't didn't uh uh death mask show up they, did, they didn't death have that it's like oh i can't take like when moo when moo appeared they didn't like, do that they did they did like they did do a scene where where um where death mask does confront does confront um, um doko Death and mask. that's where he that's where uh, and that's where he and that's where Mu appears to help him out. So it happens for the same way, but Chidio's not there. It happens like at, no. Yeah, yeah, as you're remembering that Chidio's not yeah. there because they're in the desert right after season one ended. So in this series, okay. Shiryu doesn't find that out until here. And in the original anime as well as in the manga, uh, Shiryu learns that he that Doko is mm-hmm. the Livra Saint uh, when that mask uh, appears. Okay, in, I, I was just mixing them up. That, okay, so that makes more sense because when he, when Shitty was shocked, I was like, "Don't!" Isn't this like yeah. old info for you? But no, that makes more sense now. Okay, I was just, now, I, it's because we watched that we watched that set of episodes and then the CGI set of episodes. Brain rots. I understand. So they, I get them a little bit mixed up. What I'm remembering. Anyways, keep going. You were also saying something, Bankos. Saints say a brain rot. This this finally doing it. Yes, I was just going to say that I have to be okay. Here's the thing. It's not an uncommon thing in the Saint Seiya universe for uh, saints to communicate with each other through telepathy uh, at large distances, like across multiple countries and, and stuff like that. That's normal. But I am not a fan of the astral apparition of Doko here. Like, like that's a detail that they decided to add here. It's not bad. Also, I'm not I'm not saying that it was a bad decision per se. I, um, I, I just down don't, here. I I, down here. I, I don't think that it looked because, well. Because they, they ask, yeah. who's that? And I wrote down here, it's Yoda, say ya. <laughs> It's just another old man. Yeah, so it's like I, I totally agree with you. Like the way he appeared, it's like oh, God. Like, uh, is it a Jedi? Is this like one of those Jedi operation things? Like, there aren't was... supposed to be that when they're dead? Anyway, that's your Star Wars moment right there. Good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> um, but like, so so to get back to to where we were at though, so Shidu has to choose one weapon of these twelve, mm-hmm. but actually just really six weapons because there's two of each. To decide how he's going to destroy this block of ice and save Kyoga, yeah. Magnum, Magnus, Magnum Dong, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have Magnum Dong written every time. I'm sorry, I couldn't stop myself. Uh, but 
he he settles on the sword and but they they don't give any explanation even if he had just said that like my cosmo is speaking to me or this is my gut reaction it say anything but he just picks up the sword and attacks it with no explanation and i'm just like i wish they would have had like some kind of dialogue in there i know i know this again is super nitpicky but i wish there would have been something in there that justified mm-hmm. him picking the sword over the other weapons because they made such a big deal about saints not using weapons and how they have to be specifically blessed by Athena to be able to handle weapons and fights. So it's a big deal that, and and he probably most likely doesn't have a lot of experience with weapons because he mo- he was trained in a traditional like saint manner. So what drew him to the sword? Even if they had just said, you know. This this makes the most sense to cut ice with. That would have satisfied me enough in the moment. But the fact that he just silently picks up the sword, it it it, it decides to just throw a one in six dice roll at it. Yeah, and I believe I believe in the actual actual manga and the in the anime, they actually go more in depth as to why he chose the sword. And yeah, uh, no, okay, never actually, mind. No, he just I'm picks it and decides to use it. Oh, really? I could have sworn in the anime they they had at least a line about it. Uh, he doesn't mention why he picks the sword, if I recall correctly. I think he's just like, uh, I will use this one with your permission, my master. Like, uh, okay, uh, th- that actually reminded me of a point that I want to say. I'm also kind of disappointed uh, because the scene where the Libra weapons get, as well as the Libra cloth gets introduced, was very, even though it was also filler, I'm going to be completely honest, it was just filler in the original anime, but at the very least it was very cool. And the, the, the music, the scene, the way that they present them, Shiryu holding all of them and showcasing them was really cool. And here it just gets like, oh, it's this one. And oh, it's always like, and I, and, oh but, my God. That's what I was like, you're, you're on a time limit. You can't be showing off your sick ass Bruce Lee moves, dude. You got like, when time is money. You just choose, just do something and pray to God it works. Yeah, that's true. And I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I know that I've already said this, but I feel like this would have made a good season three episode one episode mm-hmm. instead of a finale episode. I agree with you completely, and I have a, very, I have a very strong complaint to make about the something uh, that happens in this episode regarding the pacing. But we'll get to that. Yeah, because we shift immediately from. Well, not immediately. So they they get Hyoga out of the ice. They feel like he's dead. And then Shun one one part that I really did like though is they they kind of updated how you talk to people in 2022 versus in the 80s and 90s because the it's a lot less focused on macho culture now and I understand that Sean is also a girl in this version, but they the fact that they had that extra part that's like you can stay here and grieve as long as you need to because Sean just lost one of their good friends and their brother and is very in a very emotional state and so they they just like stay like stay here as long as you need to grieve but we've got it like we have to keep going because we yeah. agreed even if it was just one of us that reaches the end somebody has to reach the end so they they keep going and we i, I just i thought that was a nice touch to it just in like just the way that they handled apparently it apparently people didn't here. like that apparently um I yeah, that that particular scene, it's funny because I heard all the controversy prior to me watching the episode. I was like, how was it executed then? Because a lot of people like, I was more, I was more, I was more offended by, by like, the stuff here. that you were talking about, ben, uh, about, him, about, about Sean being still awake during the, during the whole entire battle and not doing anything about it. Then this, this make this, 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 this is way more reasonable than, than that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was blown out of proportion. 
I do agree with one of the points made regarding how it was executed here, but not to the extent of like seeing it as a bad thing necessarily. I don't want to add to that, so I'll just say here. For the execution of this particular show with this particular character, because I've said it again and I'll say it again. To me, this character is not, cannot be, and will never be Andromeda Shun. This is the character they decided to use as a, as a proxy for that character in this show called Andromeda Shun. So they're two different characters in my mind. And for what I've seen in this show, for this character, I don't think that it was like the execution, okay, might not have been the best, but it wasn't terrible either. It was just like, it was a, a choice that they decided to make of a character being, feeling bad about, because I did like the way they tried to justify it within the context of this specific show. She feels bad because she thought that she abandoned Hyoga in the Gemini Temple, and she just lost Iki, so I understand her feeling that way, and in the end, she does decide to act. So I'm not saying that it was a good decision. I'm just saying that it's a, uh, it was a choice that they decided to make for here, and I don't mind it in the way that it was presented here. That's all I'll, I'll say on the matter. More, it felt more organic than a lot of the other decisions that they've made, original decisions that yeah. they made. It yeah, felt yeah. like it made sense in the moment, unlike some of the other story decisions that they made with this show. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with that. Um, oh, oh, did yeah. you go to Star Hill for like five seconds? Um, <laughs> Oh, oh, I have, oh, I have two very strong complaints. And okay, go on first, and then I'll say because one is very minor, but it's something that I'll showcase with visual evidence to you why this bothers me quite a bit. Go on first, you guys. Uh, so they, uh, they, this is where they address. They, they finally let you know that uh, when in Star Hill, like the Pope has complete control and feels like she knows who's taken over as as the the pope and i think this is also where oh yeah this is also where what? they find shion's dead body and apparently he's just been stuck i, I wrote down Hill here it's an interesting like take to connecting the dots to shion's death as this early as well again this goes back to the whole point where it's like it's good to see stuff that that we that we only figure out later on through like hades being played out and played out this early in the series mm-hmm Okay, okay, first okay. thing that first thing that I need to yep. complain quite heavily about because this talks quite a bit this talks quite a bit about the the writing decisions for the show. Because it's again one of those things in which it's not the idea but the execution and the details that can uh, sink or sink or float a ship, right? Are you really going to tell me that I'm supposed to believe that uh, Shion's body just was sitting sitting there dead for over 13 years without any issue whatsoever, but the moment five people magically decide to appear there, then that's when the body decides to fall down on the floor? Yeah. Like 13 years sitting down and now it falls down? Okay, it might be something very stupid to complain about, but here's the reason why I'm doing it. It's again, attention to the details and the execution of ideas. If they had just entered the house and find the dead body of the Pope on the floor, they would have gotten the exact same result as to what they were trying to uh, achieve without it making being nonsensical but it's i'm ex- i'm picking on this because again it's like the sum of these little details that amass to being unable to forgive some of the, those minor things that some people might say that's just irrelevant why would you fixate on that because i'm adding that to the to the other pile of stuff that has been piling up up until now that unfortunately is going to make me not look at, in such a positive light overall the the second season as i might have that they maybe handled this better and that goes for a lot of things. That's why I'm picking on this particular detail that's completely minor and insignificant, but it does talk about the writing process for this show. 
Sorry, I killed the mood. No. So they no, find no, no, the, no. the body no, of the dead pope then. Sure, I feel like I've been talking a lot this episode, so I was making sure Ramses didn't have anything to, to chime in there. Um, I I I completely agree. Like the, that part didn't didn't hit me as hard. Like it didn't see it didn't, it didn't impact you as much as as it did the thing. Um, yeah, it didn't impact me because that's that's such a trope that's been in anime and for for like ever that the like the skeleton decides to fall apart when the main you know the main character walks through the door or whatever and it's been there for thousands of years as this completed skeleton but like the main character glances in its direction and it crumbles like i've seen that a thousand times so i guess it just didn't bother me but what you're talking about about all these like little small details that they're not paying attention to adding up it really does affect how much you enjoy a show because we're we're at the end of the second season this is the final episode the there there's just while this season was much better there was still a lot of the same problems and i feel like people saw a lot of the broader strokes that they made to improve the series which did help significantly but they still are falling flat on a lot of these smaller details and they're also stumbling a lot with connecting the massive plot changes that they made to the more traditional plot that they're trying to follow now they're they're having a hard time meshing those two worlds basically that they created so i i completely understand and it is it is totally valid to be frustrated by these smaller parts because they've made such a great effort and uh, it's like been this big production for them uh, they're, they're if you think of it in like a like a reality tv storyline like they're having their like redemption arc where you know fans are starting to come back around to loving them and it, you know they were the antagonists for season one the writers were but now everybody loves them but they haven't improved enough for it to be the caliber of where the show deserves to be so i what you're saying is completely valid like all these little things add up so quickly and it's something that like season storyboard people and season writers and things like that should know. Yeah, and and, and, and like I, I, I guess like again, um, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my thoughts till the very end because like the thing is like I have like like you guys are pretty much hitting up all my points here. And the worst part is like it be, like I didn't like it didn't really bother me that much these those small little details, but I think like I think everything kind of kind of kind of came ahead at this last episode. I think like all those little things start to start start to kind of uh, start to add up. And when those little things start to add up, like drastically, then it starts becoming more noticeable. And at first, I was like, I was a little bit more tolerable towards it. Now I'm a little bit more like, you know, now it becomes a little bit more noticeable. And I feel like that was like one of their biggest of the series overall. But like I said, I'll leave that for the final thoughts. And because, like, you know, we, yeah, we do have a few more, few more last minute things we need to discuss here. That you know, they, they find out that Shion is is like they find his dead body, it, fall, it collapses, and then they then the Pope attacks attacks all of them. And then, uh, well, uh, then like uh, Marin, she takes, she pushes, she. Uh, oh no! First things first is uh, uh, Aldebaran and uh, Mu. They get crushed, quote unquote. I think they're they're most they are most likely alive. They're, they get crushed by a boulder somewhere, and so I guess I guess Mu teleported him somewhere else. And then, um, then then as uh, and then as the Pope was attacking him with a mysterious attack that looks sort of like the that looks sort of like the attack that Gem that the Gemini Saint has, um, they. <laughs> They're making no illusion. I yes, think you does. were trying no, to say that he attacks him with a Genki Dama. Like I have no, con I have no control over over my screen right now. <laughs> but um, but anyways, yeah, he he attacks him with <laughs> something that he he attacks him with something, and then um, what ends up happening is that he uh, 
what ends up happening is that Marion pushes him out of the way, and then like we're cut a few cut to a few minutes later, and he's all like, and and June's like, hey, what happened? And they repeat the same thing that just happened before. But I do like uh, I do like the, I do like this. I did write down here. It's like the balls on the, the balls on uh, Marion to go to just attack, to, just to attack, uh, just attack the post. Like yeah, I did like that as well. That. She knows he's a fraud, and she says she says she knows who he is. Like <laughs> we, in in the last episode, she said, "I know who I know who is pretending to be who the Pope." So she's the only one who's figured it out. Which, to be fair, it's a lot less ham fisted in this <laughs> in this iteration than it was in the, the original. Because by God, if, if if the anime couldn't go ten minutes without reminding you that Gemini is going to be revealed to be the Pope. Um, but yeah, that I I like that she was so headfirst, and I think I think that because um, I'm I'm seeing more notes here, and I hate to go back to to like beat a dead horse again, but this is kind of where I got the impression because so the the Pope like retaliates and knocks her over, and and, and like it, uh-huh. it looks like she might be dead, but I'm sure she's not. Um, but like her mask falls off and her face is obscured. And then that's that's when I remember that this this iteration doesn't make females wear a mask. So Marin is always chosen to wear a mask. So that's where my theory of the Pope showing her a young um, Patricia crying about Saya as her like challenge before. That's where I was thinking that he maybe the Pope thinks or at least at the time thought that she was Patricia because she's the only one that wears a mask really. And maybe it, it, it's kind of implied that nobody really knows who she is all that well. So maybe the Gemini Saint legitimately just assumed because of the similar backgrounds and the similar hair that that is say a sister because she would say a sister. If you remember was also abducted by, by people mm-hmm. from uh sanctuary. Yeah. At the beginning of the show. So maybe maybe the Gemini Saint didn't have all the information and thought that that really was, uh, say, a sister. That's where my brain started moving was when it had her face obscured because this this being the final episode, if they were going that route, would have been the perfect moment for them to either tell us that she is or isn't Patricia, and they chose not to do that, which makes me hold, still hold out the hope that they're not going to make her Patricia because I don't want her to be. But that that's kind of where my theory came in is when that moment happened and she got knocked over. But I will say that the most egregious thing that this show does is have the balls to start mm-hmm. another major fight in the show, knowing that they have yeah. like three minutes left of screen time. Yes. What the actually, hell? Actually, two fights. Two I, fights, uh, I was two actually fights, surprised and actually angry about that. Two fights at the end of the episode with three minutes left. Yeah. Two? Oh, oh, yeah, because of Cerberus. I, li- I forgot about Cerberus. Oh, I, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. So, that's yeah, right. So that's afterwards, afterwards, like, I almost forgot about that to, part, actually. We cut back to, the, we cut back to, uh, to Athena. So we cut to Siori, for Sienna, if you will, and Tatsumi. And then the, the, it's, the, so three, it's those three scenes that, we, that, they, that they were that, that, that came by earlier, and, you know, they, and they, then, you know, they were making fun, they were making fun of, they were making fun of her and everything. And, and Sierra was able to, like, you know, use, use her cosmos to, like, wave them off. This time they came, they came, they came prepared, and I wrote down, "Wait, didn't you die? Didn't you die in season one?" And it brought Silver Dante back. I'm like, "Yeah, that was so weird. Like, uh, didn't he die? Like, apparently he didn't die then. Then and he's alone. So then, fuck out, he got couple of them. Oh That's shit, the Jumper Saints, they're back. 
apparently, apparently they remembered how, but like now I'm like, the, uh, how did you guys figure this out? Where were you guys? Where were you guys hanging all this time? Like, well, the last time we saw them was when Black all hell was breaking loose with, uh, yeah, the the well, yeah, the Black Saints, the the guy that was controlling the Black Saints with this like attack helicopters attacking. Uh, Athena's compound where the tournament was taking place. That's the last time we saw them. Yeah, but and remember, they, even shown any concern as to where they are. No, <laughs> no. The, yeah, but here's the thing: like in, in the context of this show, remember, like they they lose and they're they're like, yeah, we're just gonna go fuck off. I really believe this oh, this right, girl to right. she believes herself to be a goddess or something. It's like they they willingly go off, but now they're back, like as they were supposed to be when that stupid uh, sitcom funny mm -hmm. thing got inserted into Ioria's fight. Well, it should have never been done, but okay, here they are now, and they're giving they're giving them a, a proper challenge, a Silver Saint, so that, that'll be interesting. But yeah, you're right. The pacing, man, the pacing. Why? Why put two oh, yeah, fights so, that are about to begin at the end of yeah. one episode? So guess what? We, at the end of yeah, we got to wait like six to eight months before we can get a and, and I, from that one. And, and and I hate this very much because uh, okay here uh, uh, disclaimer I am very biased towards this I am an Scorpio and Milo is my favorite gold saint sue me I and his fight is uh, but okay outside of that his fight against the bronze saints and then against Hyoga are arguably also one of the best uh, fights in the original animation so the fact that okay it was a small part of the beginning of that fight but having introduced that here instead of developing it developing developing it fully like it was in the original anime uh, it's it, it leaves me bothered like i'm not angry but i'm i'm upset like like i'm upset that they decided to like introduce this in the beginning and cut it short instead of allowing it to flow naturally and and again just going to that dead horse is just going to get beat some more because <laughs> because if if this had been season 3 episode 1 I would have forgiven the fact that they didn't explain mm -hmm. why the other Bronze Saints are there. You know, because, and, and the reason I say that is because it makes sense not to put all your cards at the table at the same time. But the fact that they came back with no explanation and then the season ends really bothers me. Because, like, did Sanctuary come after them for breaking the rules and they realize that, that, this is, that they need to find Sayori? Did she come to them, you know, and, and say, we need your help with her... Cosmo, like she's done to the core five, like why are they there? They like there, there's it, it in the. Do they even show up in the original? I'm trying to remember. I they they do show up in the original, but it but the way that it was done is like this happens precisely when the fight against Ayori is taking place, and uh, the, the random soldiers come to try and kill uh, Saori. Uh, Tatsumi tries to fend them off, but they're way too many for him and that's when they appear to defend uh, Athena but that happens in that same part yeah, they they attack and they defeat the the foot soldiers and then Tatsumi asks them where the hell have you been and that's when they give the explanation that Athena gave, gave apparently uh, off screen Athena gave them permission to go back with to their training grounds to tr train again with their masters because of the losses that they faced during the Galaxian Wars it has an explanation in the anime and in the manga I hope that they're going to give that explanation here as well. But again, it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense in the context of what was shown in season one. And, and then maybe they, it was like they had to board another flight, so they arrived late or something like that. I don't. It was, it was something stupid, but at least there was an explanation. But but I my 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 point is is that doing that in the finale versus doing that at the premiere is completely different vibes. And I like I can completely understand 
Like, like I, I, I do like the the bit where we don't know if you know Moo, Aldebaran, and um, Marin are alive or not. You know, like I, I like that being a season cliffhanger because that that makes me excited to watch more and like the to watch next season to see you know if they're alive, which I'm sure they are because they're major characters. But like, I'm excited to see what they do with that and how they make that work. But starting a whole new plot line in the last five minutes, like, I just, I can't. I This show, I I literally just, I, I turned off the TV, and I went, and I just, like, started doing dishes because I was just so freaking frustrated with how the show was working out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like hmm. the other the other fight that happens is like we get to we get to we get to the Scorpio house and like the 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 fight begins. And say uh, I wrote down here, um, yeah, you forget that Saya has like plot armor because like, like he hits him and like and then Milo's like, why are you still why are you still up? I'm like, yes, plot armor. God damn it, you should know this by now. <laughs> and that's I, I wrote down I wrote down just because like it ends with like, it ends I, with I, that it ends with like Saya rushing at, at at Milo and I wrote down. What a lame ending to that! To the, what a lame, what a lame point to end this this season. I I have a question before before we get to our final thoughts. And this kind of this this also pertains could potentially pertain to the original. Um, so each time Say uses his seventh sense, all of these gold saints are really shocked. Like Aldebaran was shocked. Obviously, that's the first time it happened. Leo was shocked, and now Milo is getting shocked by it by how he can use the seventh sense. But they can, but like all the time throughout the show, even in this show, like they say stuff like, oh, I can sense a powerful Cosmo or I can sense a blaze of Cosmo that came out of nowhere or something like that. So wouldn't they have been able to sense that somebody tapped into the seventh sense and then therefore not be shocked when they see Seiya using it? Uh, theoretically, yes, you're right. But here's the thing: like, if you pay, like, it's never explicitly stated, but it's a the, the way that it works is the, the the reason why there are ranks in the within the the saints is not only because of the cloth they are wearing, and also and to discriminate, but it also shows the level of of dominance they have over the cosmo. The gold saints are the only uh, saints out of all the eighty eight uh, saints of Athena that can dominate fully and it's a uh, uh, wrongly believe that they're the only ones that can tap into the seventh sense which is the essence of cosmo which is the most powerful essence of it and that's what allows them to dominate and be as powerful as they are that's why all the gold saints always get surprised when a bronze saint is capable of rising their cosmo to that level because in their arrogance they believe that this should not be theoretically possible mm-hmm. that makes sense i just i just it, it it annoys me that they that all the time throughout the show they talk about sensing like a, a powerful cosmo that just blazed real suddenly, but they're shocked. I don't that I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting off topic here. But yeah, the the ending is based was basically Saya survives a direct hit from the Scarlet Needle and decides to go and punch Milo, yeah. and that's the, the the end. Like I I'm so glad that. Again, there's been no official announcement for a season three, but there's been much more conversation going than there was between season one and season two. So it's the fandom is feeling pretty safe in that we're getting a season three. Like there's been people from the production team talking about still working even right now. So no official announcement has been made as far as I know of, but 
we're probably going to get a season three. But just think that if they didn't, and that's where the show ended, what a horrible place to stop. Like, even if you knew you weren't going to be able to finish the show, like, what a what a terrible ending. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. Yeah, I agree with you completely. It, the, here, it's not so much that what was presented was bad. It was the way that it is paced and the way that the episode is uh, glued together it's very poorly done, yeah, and that's and a like, writing and, issue. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can get to our final thoughts yeah. here. And I, like, you know, if anyone, if um, not, why don't we start off with you, Comrade Frey? Why don't you give your final thoughts? Um, on when, in general, let's, let's season, go for the entire season. Like, it's all gonna, it's all gonna come together right, right here. The, this season was vastly improved over season one. I don't think, I, I don't know of anybody that is gonna, you know, go against saying that. It still has a lot of problems, but it's I, I found myself not dreading watching the show, despite probably complaining just about as much as I did before. And I don't know if that's a more of a just me really, really enjoying the story arc. And I personally love alternate retellings, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that I just am enjoying seeing somebody else's interpretation of this. But I... I, for some reason, I just enjoyed this season more. It felt like it had more heart. It felt like it it had more to say than the original um, in a positive manner, I guess, because the original the the first season had a lot to say. I don't I don't mean when I say original, I meant to say season one. Sorry, it, it, season two felt like it had more to say than season one in in ways that are going to be impactful in a positive way, and it was a good improvement. It just it. I, it it didn't click in my head basically until Binha said that the the writing team is still there. The person that they blamed for season one is still there, and if you look close enough, you can see it. You can see it in the writing. You can see it in the pacing. You can see it in the character development. It's it's all a lot of the problems haven't gone away. So if the core, if if what you didn't like about the show was how much they changed from the original, then you're going to really like season two because they really go back to the manga and the anime. They kind of flip flop back as we've kind of talked about between which they're fully adapting, which they're, they're ignoring. But if what annoyed you was just the inconsistencies and the shoddy writing, I don't know if season two is going to be enough for, for, for that kind of person. And that's kind of where I'm at with it because there's so much that I like. I like them expanding June's role even if it wasn't in the best way, I still like that she's getting more screen time. I like that they're they're like I said, I really like them finally having Sean embrace that familial bond with Iki that hasn't been really present since like the first three seconds that she saw Iki in season one. And I, I, there's there's just a lot of positive things to say about it, but it's so many minor things that just add up that if I think about it too much, my enjoyment level goes really far down. So I, they've just still got a lot of way to go as far as telling a solid story. Like, they, they've gone from telling a bad story with a lot of plot holes to telling a fairly good story with a lot of plot holes. So it's improvement, but is it enough? I honestly Man, has don't, any final thoughts on, uh, on the entire season? Yeah. Okay. When the 
even when we were talking about season one, I kept praising what were, was happening in the first block of episodes. What as they were go- when we were doing those episodes, the first block of episodes of season two were going on, and I was very hopeful for what was to come because it was doing such a great job of like it was a high that was very very high, like be- because it, it completely turned around. Now that the entire season has unfolded, I can say without a single ounce uh, in my mind is that it is definitely. A great improvement, and it's still a good show to watch overall. My maybe the gripes or the reasons why I get so intense in this particular, this particularly in this batch of, of last episodes is because it does show its weaknesses uh, very much at the end, and and it's unfortunate because it was going so strong in the beginning, and then it it falters and, and it falters again by the end, which is a shame. But again, it still it still shows that the team did improve that they did listen to criticism and that they're willing to work harder. I just hope, and that's my hope for, for the next season, if it comes, that I'm sure it will, that they learn from this season as well, that they also take the criticisms that have been done about this season in good faith as constructive criticism so that they can improve and deliver a better product next time. That's what I'm hoping for, and I hope that does come to happen. Overall, this season is still pretty strong. I liked it. That's, that's something I cannot say about the previous season. I made a comparison, or I think I made the analogy when we were discussing the last batch of the season one episodes that it was basically that it was a plane that crashed and burned it like instantly, like a you know a 180 completely, from being somewhat decent to completely destroying itself. This is not the case in this one. This is just merely they 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 unfortunately tripped somewhere down the line, but it was just a, a trip that they can stand up and recover from. And I hope that's going to be the case for the next one. Overall. A good season. I would definitely recommend it. It's. I just hope that they they can improve on those weaknesses that they still have. And I do have one final gripe that unfortunately has has been present for both season one and two. Again, I don't want to be disrespectful to to the man himself, but Yoshihiro Ike's Ike's music has just been basically non-existent mm-hmm. in this series, mm-hmm. and that needs to change. It cannot remain the same way that it has. The the one of the things that is most iconic about Seiya overall. It's its music. You don't have to copy uh, Seiji Yokoyama, but you do have to respect the spirit of what was done for the series and try to evolve from that. You cannot do the generic stuff that we've been listening to. That I cannot remember a single melody from either of from this from this show overall. And I hope that changes because nope. it's worrisome that he is also going to be the composer for the movie. Yeah, I will agree on that. It's like, yeah. you know, like, no, like, I, like, Sensei, like, like, and you went to a concert with, with you featured a lot of the Seiji Yokoyama music, and his stuff is extremely iconic. Like, you know, you can recognize Sensei. As a matter of fact, like, um, when we get to something that we're going to talk about, like, at the very end, when Conrad Furry is talking about what, what, when he's promoting his stuff, I found out something. The anime that, that we, we, we both watched, and I told him during the show, it actually was composed by Seiji Yokoyama, and I instantly recognized Seiji Yokoyama's stuff from, from that anime. Like I, I like if if yep. you like if you did if you I went there I was like is this CGO Yuma and I said and I looked at the I looked at the I looked at the full cast list and lo and behold he was he was a composer on it so that tells you how iconic the music is to the point where I can recognize his style in another in another in another anime completely unrelated to Saint Seiya. That said, the man was the, no, the, 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 yeah. The, the, so, the sorry, that I go go. The point where it's just like it's something that's iconic, something that that grabs your attention, something that like if you listen to it. You instantly recognize where it's from, and you don't get that in this. You don't get this in this particular anime. 
No, and that's the thing, and that's my but again, it's very unfair, and I admit that I'm stating it right now. I don't expect the man to repeat the the magic of Jokoyama. Jokoyama was a genius, and he was a legend, and that will never change. Nobody can fill in those shoes, and I'm not expecting that to happen. But what I am, but what I am expecting is for the people involved in this production to find somebody that can grab the essence of what is the core of the music of this franchise, which is one of the, its most important and core elements, and they can find a way to, with their own uh, with their own work, either improve or add something new, or at the very least go on the same line as it, because otherwise you get what we're getting, which is basically, this show might as well have yeah, no Yeah, you know, I don't blame you. And I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. And, and and that's very unfortunate. Again, I don't want to insult the man. I've listened. I've tried to pay attention to the music, and it's no, not only, bad. It's not. It's but not, it's, it's not for the show. Yeah, you're correct. And, and it's, what, it's what? so generic because like, you heard these songs so many times in so many other anime that it starts to bleed together. Like I watch, um, I, I watch, I watch Spy Family. You know, I love Spy Family. But one of the things I like is that there's there, like and it has an iconic. Not only does it have like like a lot of cool, a lot, a lot of fun things to it. Like you know, it's a very funny show and a lot of funny things. But what adds to that? Is that there's these music, there's these there's these funny music cues from time to time that just hits you. Because like whenever whenever Anya's trying to do something cute or something, or trying to do like, or she's doing something, there's like they they play they play the theme again, but like with like kazoo, and even doing stuff even doing stuff like that, like it's simple stuff like that <laughs> like, that get, that gets your attention and like that that sticks in your brain, and you don't get that with um you don't get that with um with the, what does you say Sia series, and it came from a pedigree from a series that that's iconic for like. For that kind of music, for like music that just strikes you. Exactly. I'm going to stop uh, saying that point because I think I, I've I've <laughs> I've made it very clear. But uh, okay, having said that, which I I stand by what I said. I just won't uh, beat a dead horse. Having said that, again, this the second season itself, it's a great improvement, and I would definitely recommend it to people that are interested in watching or are new to the franchise, or even people that have watched the franchise. It's like okay. It's not gonna be uh, take by take on on either the manga or the classic anime, but at least they're they're definitely trying to improve with its faults, and that they, they should be said and should be criticized. But it, it is a step in the right direction, and I am very happy for that. Again, I I did okay, like it. My final thoughts on the season is that it had, a, it, had a, it had a really strong um it, it had a strong opening, and the middle parts were just as strong as the, as the, as the beginning. And even up to even up to the end, it was it, like like despite despite the despite these little things here and there at the at the Virgo fight, it was there, there were some strong things to be had on on there. Despite you know despite all the joking and stuff like that, it's just like it. And the worst part, I think, the worst offender and the part that sticks out of my brain the most is how it all ended. And for a series like this, that that for a series that the last time we we discussed like a, a, a season like this, it crashed and burned horribly. For them just to actually just in, just have a minor inconvenient trip, other than than than, than a, a catastrophe, is a huge it's a huge marked improvement. Um, I hope that things get better. I hope that the, that the whole thing that that the that the whole stuff that we saw at the later half of the series, but at the later at the very end of the series, doesn't repeat again. And I do hope that they too they do take a lot of the complaints of stuff like you know pacing a little bit more seriously going forward. Other than that. You know, if I like, uh, as someone with teach with teaching credentials and stuff like that, I can honestly say that this is like the, this is a marked improvement. I give them, I actually would give them an A minus compared to like the like 
I, I would give him like the, like the reward for like most improved student because like you actually found a way to like do it. You, I mean, you may you may have like failed here and there, but that's a sol- that's a solid B plus in my book. And I think I, sorry, I, want say, I want to say one more thing because I feel I I I don't know if I explained myself well enough. In the future, when we hopefully most likely definitely get the third season, which will probably definitely most likely just pick up immediately, you know, in the Milo fight, the Scorpio Milo fight. In the future, for fu- for future people after season three's come out, where you can just watch season three to season or season two to season three just fluidly, my like all of these complaints probably won't even matter because you're not gonna have to wait six months. It's only right now in in the moment that this is a really just not great thing for them to do, especially because the world of animation um, is never guaranteed. Well, the, the entertainment industry in general is never guaranteed. So you shouldn't, even if, even if the companies come to you and said that you've got six seasons, you should treat every season mm-hmm. as a potential ending point. Even if it's not the best one, you should still treat it as somewhere where you could have most of your season's plot threads tied up or at least answered for. And they didn't do that. They started a whole new slew of things. So that, that that's yeah, what I mean I when I, I, I say it's a horrible place to end. But in the future, when you're watching this show after season three comes out, you can just watch straight through to season three, episode one, and not notice a difference. Like it'll it would be just as if season two enough, was you know twenty four right. episodes instead of. All right. 12. Well, you know, hey, it was it was great. Like you know, it, like a part of it does feel bad that I, that we that I had to make you guys watch that. But this second season, I think I think it's I think things have improved a lot to the point where it's like, like you know, I like going to this season. I think I was a little bit more excited to do these episodes than as opposed to the last one. It was supposed to like the last season where it like like for about a minute it felt real good, but then also too I felt like there are points where I feel like like I would rather pull my own teeth out. But you know, hey, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm really happy that you know we can <laughs> honestly say that this was a marked improvement. Yeah, at the end of at the end of all this, it could have like they could have done a lot better. But I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like you know you you did a good gymnastics routine, and at the end you just kind of stumbled. You kind of stumbled as as you were getting up, and that's 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 as good as you're gonna get. Maybe the Russian judge might give you might be might be a little, a little harsh, but I give you I give you like an eight nine. Exactly. They call that not sticking the landing. <laughs> I think a good analogy would be to say the previous season was a university student about to fail the the entire college <laughs> and and would have to would have had to drop out. But the second season is that student actually studying and being able yeah, to, stopped, to he pass. Stopped, he stopped drinking the, to go on to the next book. So yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely going in in the right direction. I just hope that it stays that way, and I hope Alrighty. that. Alrighty then. So, is there any other th- last-minute thing you guys want to bring up before we head out, uh, Comrade Furry? Mm. Uh, no, I, I feel, I hope that my intentions came across to everybody. Just that I, all right, I did not have a miserable experience this time, <laughs> as as, comp- as opposed to season one. I did not any dread having to watch a television show or any uh, any any other thoughts. I'm sorry. Um. I've said I, th- I think I said everything I needed to say about this about the second season as well as about this last batch of episodes for Battle for Sanctuary. I just want to say once again, uh, I do not intend any ill or any criticism towards the per- the people themselves that I criticized during the show. I am talking about the work presented here, exactly. not their personal. Uh, don't lives. harass. I just want to make that very clear. I, I think I, did, I think I did. 
yeah as well like nobody uh, please have some common sense uh, i think that i also explained myself well but i just want to make it very clear i was talking about yeah, the work and, the thing, and, put and, in and you made it and you made it very themselves. clear by saying stuff that like said, you know that they that they, they, they improved drastically as they were working so that's still a good um yeah that being said i think uh i don't have anything more to add okay. to everything. all right um For so now. okay i'm sorry i just got some all right so um all right, so I think with all that said, I think we I think we better head out. We better head out here for the, for the for this episode. We 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 went kind of long, but you know I, I think that that helps a lot. That we have a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts here, so that it is it does help a lot. That you know that that these episodes run long, so you know we have a lot of things to talk about here. So before we go, Bancos, is there anything you would like to plug? Anything you'd like to promote? Yes, actually, as I mentioned in the last episode, I just created an Instagram account. And I have finally published my first illustration there. So uh, please be sure to check out my profile. You can find it linked on my Twitter, but it is uh, Krateris Benjes. That's uh, the username that I have on Instagram. I also have a Twitter account, which is my private account, but I share a lot of Sensei stuff there. And I post the trivia and stuff, information about the, the manga and other stuff there as well. It's at uh, MexicanGeek502. I'll also be posting my art there, and I also have another project that Sounds I hopefully good. I'll be talking right, to you about uh, on you the next like one. Like to promote anything, you'd like to show anything you'd like to like the world to know about. Is there anything I want to talk about? I'm actually really busy right now. Um, I am on the Cosmocast, obviously, so this takes up a little bit of my time. But the most of my time, um, because I actually have to do the behind the scenes stuff for us here, I just kind of show up. Um, is ancient anime? We have two phenomenal episodes three phenomenal episodes sorry coming up in the very near future so on halloween we are dropping our double feature um it's it's hearkening back to like going to a drive-in and seeing like two kind of low budget halloween movies is the vibe and this year's theme is vampires so we are doing uh, one episode with my friend Rika, who has been on a recent episode as well, where we talked about Fatal Fury. But for the Halloween version, um, the first half is going to be me and Rika doing Blood the Last Vampire. And the second half is going to be me and Ramses doing, um, let me make sure I get the name of this right, mm -hmm. uh, Dracula, Sovereign of the Damned, which you've probably never heard of, but we're going to tell you about it because, <laughs> boy. Um, but then. So that's going to premiere on Halloween. That'll be up first thing in the morning, um, 8 a.m. Central Time, because uh, that's my time zone, so that's how I talk. Um, it's going to be the double feature episode. Then, two Mondays later, is going to be a super, super special episode. It is my first ever oh. celebrity guest that I have had on that podcast, and I'm very, very pumped about it. Uh, I don't want to say who it is yet, but it is somebody from Dragula Titans, which is um, the new season of the kind of more alternative take to the drag race format it's done by yeah, it's, not really, it's, it's not really really it's not related it's not related to the rob company, zombie album. but it's, it's no it's not related to that either but it, it's a drag reality competition show that specifically focuses on horror elements so it always comes out every year around halloween time and this is their all-stars cool. cast so all of these are people that have been on the show before so it's somebody from that which is super exciting and also relating to Dragula kind of as a double whammy with the reason why I mentioned that is that my second podcast with my friend Diamonds is going to be starting very, very soon. Um, we're aiming for the 27th to be the first episode and we are going to be reviewing Dragula every single week. 
and kind of uh, spilling any like tea or gossip that we're seeing online and hopefully having some of them on the show because they're all super sweet and super personable. Um, but that's all TBA. The first episode obviously is just going to be me and diamonds because that's we're we're trying to, we're at the final finish line of this, but you can follow, um, you can follow that podcast at honey baby pod on Instagram or sorry on Twitter. Sorry. We don't have an Instagram just yet. So it's at Honey Baby Pod. The name of it is Honey. This is a podcast, baby. It's a reference for Drag Race Canada. Um, if you know, you know. But it's my favorite Drag Race joke that's ever existed. Yes, you use it. You use it on me a couple of times. Everything. So, <laughs> Honey, this is Honey, a Wendy's. This is a podcast, baby. Because it was somebody impersonating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love Sir, it. this is a Wendy's. It has that same kind of vibe. But it was. It was. Somebody impersonating, it was one of the queens impersonating Mariah Carey and doing a very bad job, iconically. And um, it's really funny. But yeah, it's so it's at Honey Baby Pod. It's going to be called Honey, This is a Podcast Baby. And as always, you can follow me at Common Rider Furry on Instagram and Twitter and make sure to give at Ancient Anime Pod some love as well. And that was my long-winded All right, as for life. me, uh, uh, per usual, I always have I have this podcast, which I hope, hopefully all you guys will listen to. It's, it's a, I put in a lot of love and effort to this podcast. I love doing this show with you guys. You guys are just the, like, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do this. But like, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, my God, when are we going to do this next? So I'm always happy. I'm always happy to be doing these, always happy to have, have to be doing <laughs> these shows. But I'm also very happy to be doing the my other show, the Saturday Morning Squadron. If you haven't followed that show, it's at sadamsquad.tumblr.com. And the address is at sadamsquad.tumblr.com. We have all our episodes archived right there if you want to listen to all of our shows we've done. Our, in this episode, we actually had our, my, my, one of my old, one, a good friend of mine. Um, his name was Doc. He hosts so many podcasts. And, and, and we just, it was just, it was an honor to have him because he, like, he is like one of my like, the pillars of like one of my inspirations to do, be doing this podcast. So it it was really great to have him on on my other show just just to, just to have just to have him on and just like talk about like life and stuff like that. But in particular, what we have a discussion on is on horror. If you have any interest in horror, like if you love horror video games, horror TV, horror movies, that's that, that is a great episode to, to check out. And, and we just go off on all the on all the horror that that you. Need. So I so if you if you really enjoy all of that, you give that episode a listen, and you know. I, I really would appreciate any kind of feedback on that episode. Also, too, if you notice, I have something posted on my Twitter for that episode on Saturday M Squad. That if you post, if you post, if you are uh, retweet, if you like, and you comment on that on that on that particular on that particular post, you're you'll be eligible to win ten count ten US eShop points, so you can use on like any game you want for like the Nintendo Switch. So you can check. So you, so if you, if you want ten, if you want ten eShop um, bucks, there, like, there you go. So you, you're eligible to win that by following the instructions. As f- and I've already asked, and he said that he yeah. can't rig me. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw you post like, I saw you think like fifty different accounts. You're not gonna fool me. Damon <laughs> <laughs> Ryder, your avatar Fury. with a mustache, here to, here to different mustaches, different hats, <laughs> <laughs> like. Yes. Don't make me reference Family Guy right, third so, time in this episode. Don't but make me do also it. concerning this show, if you have any, if you want to check out what we went up to with like the show itself, like if you want to see, if you want to have, see archive of all of our of all our previous episodes, and also know about a little bit more about the podcast and listen to the podcast, you know, 
on the web uh, on a convenient website, you can go to our web official website at stcosmocast.com. Again, the address is stcosmocast.com, all in one word. And you can find everything there on how to subscribe to the show, how to like listen to the show, listen to the episodes on the on the website, and also to learn a little bit about like the people involved with the show, like like you learn a little bit about like who who we are and stuff like and what we've been up to. So yeah, with all that said, guys, this, this has been another great episode. Uh, I'm Ramses, and that's kind of writer furry. And for Benkas, I'm here to tell you guys keep burning that cosmos, and I will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Take care.